for the thinking impaired. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. One, two, is this on? <laughs> Yo, Jimmy, hit me with that triple H. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the three-time, three-time, three-time wrestling radio show of the year, Wrestling News Live. With the bad boys of wrestling radio, the Trey Dog got his own microphone, Tony. Larry, Mike, and JJ. All caps. Sexy. Stay thirsty, my friends. And the winner of the People's Choice Award is Wrestling News Live. Here are your hosts, the Trey Dog and JJ Sexay. All right, all right. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. Of course, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ All Caps Sexy. On this wonderful Monday night, just got finished watching a little bit of Monday Night Raw. We're going to be talking about that at length here in a little bit. Uh, also, we're going to be discussing some things like the News of the Week, sponsored, of course, by Wrestling-Online.com. As well, there's a couple of topics that I personally am very passionate about that I want to bring up uh, in regards to some news stories uh, regarding the WWE King of the Ring, the Best of the King of the Ring DVD 
that's going to be coming out. Some omissions from that DVD that I kind of have a problem with. Um, also, we're going to talk a little bit about TNA's newest relationship with former WWE developmental uh, territory, OVW. But with that being said, a lot to cover on the program, plus your phone calls and emails right here tonight on the show. But uh, joining me, ladies and gentlemen, he is the host of Wrestling News Live, the founder, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, the dog is in the house. Guess who's back? Well, well, well. Here we go again. I feel like I've been on a vacation. I should be all amped up and ready to go, but... Man, Raw just didn't do nothing for me tonight. I, seriously. I mean, I'm not like in you know, radio guy mode or anything. It was just like the first match was great. And then everything else was like, eh? I had more fun in the chat room than I did watching Raw, other than the Kelly Kelly segment. (laughs) But, I mean, uh, am I getting too old for this shit? I I just don't understand. You know, I mean, the only thing I liked from Raw really and honestly was the Ziggler Morrison match. Cause it looks like, yeah, and it was brought up in the chat room. That they're acknowledging the fact that he hasn't won a match and that he's on this super, super horrible losing streak. And then he goes out and wins a match against Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I liked that. I liked the match. Even had Morrison lost in typical recent Morrison fashion, from bell to bell, it was a great match. It was a great opening match. It was a great match, period. Um, I thought my second favorite part, and this is where I'll catch hell, was the Kevin Nash promo. And I think that the more they involve the history of the click and the backstage animosity that Triple H or that, that, that Nash has developed for Triple H, the better they're going to be, um, the more real, and for lack of a better term, the more raw they make this feud, the better it's going to be. Um, I think they are teeter-tottering on the brink of losing interest because you didn't hear anything about this last week, hardly, other than Nash was signed and he was going to be on tonight's show. Um, then they waited a good hour before they even put Nash on the camera or on, you know, the little thing that said Nash is here tonight. You know, they should have done that earlier. Um, it's just, I don't know, just potato, potato, I guess. Things that one guy would do differently than the other. Um, the main event was okay. Uh, you could tell that the place, it was just packed with nothing but Crellies. You know, I mean, the whole main event was, they might as well just had Zack Ryder go out there and cut a promo. I mean, that's all the people wanted was Zack Ryder. 
They didn't care if he won. They didn't care if he fought. They just wanted him in the ring. You know, it didn't matter if he was in the ring. They were chanting for him. If he was on the apron waiting to tag in, they were still chanting for him. You know? Uh, But, I mean, all in all, it was what it was. It was a good main event. And I thought they were going to fuck up bad WWE style. I mean, last week, you had John Cena take out both The Miz and The Truth by himself. Well, fuck it. That's the case. Why does he need The Rock? And see, that's the exact same thing I've been saying all week. Uh, you know, I talked about this a little bit on Unplugged. You really kind of destroyed the build for Survivor Series. What's the point of having John Cena and The Rock team up against the Miz and Truth if John Cena by himself can beat them both up? I mean, yeah, way we to almost go. did it again this week. Well, almost. I mean, it's like yeah. it's like they realized they fucked up last week, right? Yeah, it's like at the last minute they went, "Oh, wait a minute, we're supposed to be booking this the other way around." Shit, our bad. You know, um, speaking of unplugged, um, I've been busy the last couple of weeks, I will admit. I listened live for the most part this week until I had to go to work. But rumors are circulating of a certain impersonation of yours truly done by JJ that I have yet to hear. Oh, you never heard that? No, I didn't get to hear that part. Oh, I can't even remember what started. I think it was something about, oh, yes, I do. I remember exactly what started. Nim had called in. And basically was talking about he was going to change the name of what would fans do to something else. And hey, why would you change that? Well, he evidently is going a different way. So I said something about, oh, why don't you just call it three guys bitching? <laughs> you know, and, and then I said, oh, wait, don't do that. I don't want to hear Trey go off on me and, and start bitching. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. Why can't you motherfuckers stop stealing my shit? God damn it. Make up your own goddamn original stuff. I hadn't thought of three guys bitches in a long time, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> so that's kind of where that all came about. I was just fucking it might have, It might have actually went over my head. I probably wouldn't have even thought about it until it pro- yeah, later probably on. Not. Probably not, but I just had a little fun with it. It was good. I heard it sounded like the illegitimate low child of Jim Ross and the Trey Dog. <laughs> uh, that's about accurate, I guess. So, um, just... Because we can. Um, are you going to get Modern Warfare Three? Eventually, not right now. I'm I'm so wrapped That's up. That's kind of where I am. See, I'm I'm so wrapped up right now in Arkham City. I it's not, I'm not even joking. I, I was up till about. Now Arkham City is the new one, right? Arkham City is the new one. Yeah, it's uh, Arkham Asylum was the original. Arkham City is right. the one that just came out. Uh, Basically, Arkham game. Asylum was the first one, but now it's spilled out. In the, in, in, what happened in Arkham City has or, uh, Arkham Asylum has spilled out. Into Arkham City. Yeah, basically the whole the whole premise of it is that uh, Hugo Strange has built this. Well, it's it's old parts of Gotham City have become Arkham City, which is like a big penal uh, colony thing where the the right. gangs get to run the streets and everything, but they're behind a wall, so they can't actually get out into Gotham City. It's instead of Arkham Asylum, it's Arkham City. So, so it's kind of like letting the inmates run the asylum. Yeah, it's kind of like. Uh, it's kind of like was it Escape from L.A. or Escape from New York, where they've got all these convicts and they're in one, one specific area. Right. So I mean, it, it, in that respect, it's it's pretty cool. I've just I've, yeah, I stayed up till like two o'clock, two thirty last night playing that damn thing, and uh, I've I've just been having a blast with it. I've all my time that I haven't been doing other things has has involved Arkham City as of late. And I think Harmony's ready to kick my ass, but um, I, I just man, that game is so intense. It, it's such a good. Uh, such a good Batman video game, too. I mean, very immersive experience in the Batman universe, you know, 
You get to see characters like Killer Croc. Uh, you don't actually get to fight him. You have uh, you have a boss battle with Solomon Grundy and the Penguin and uh, Two Face. You get to play as Catwoman if you have the DLC. I mean, just a lot of cool things in this game. Now Solomon Grundy wasn't wasn't he a Superman villain? I think he's just a DC Universe villain in general. Okay, all right. But I, I do I, remember uh, him fighting Superman. I, I, yes, I haven't I haven't purchased that one yet. It's on my to do list. Um, and I I I, I it's just such a a good month. I mean, if you include Arkham City, it's basically a good month for games. I mean, you've got Arkham City, Battlefield 3, Warfare 3, and you've got WWE 12 coming out. You know, and I I logged in one day, and I'm not kidding you. Every friend of mine that was online at the time, other than Charles Shade, who apparently is just obsessed with Gears of War 3, that's all that dude ever plays. But every friend of mine that was logged in besides Charles Shade and was playing Battlefield 3. I thought, well, shit, I guess I better go get the game. So the next day I went and bought it. I got the legend, the, uh, I don't know what you call it, the bonus edition, the limited edition, whatever. So I got in and started playing it. And I'm like, wow, to me, this is so much better being a war, a, a Modern Warfare 2 guy or a Black Ops guy. I thought, wow, this is really a lot better than that because you get to fly and you get to drive tanks. And, you know, I'm a sniper. I think the sniping on the game is a lot more fun, although it sucks to start out with because you're using the basic weapons that you use to build. I mean, of course, it takes a while to build up. But I just got my boat. I just got my, you know, big uh, scope and my laser sight on my sniper rifle. So I'm gung ho right now. Very cool. Yeah, you know, this is going to be a good month. I mean, with uh, Saints Row the Third coming out, I believe was it next week, and then after that we've got uh, WB12 on the 22nd. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a busy week. Uh, excuse I mean, me, a out, busy month. I, I can go out. I can go out and get Modern Warfare Three this week, but. As soon as I do, I'm going to want to get WWE 12. I still have L.A. Noir, and I haven't even opened it. Oh, yeah? I mean, it's just sitting there waiting to be played. But, I mean, I have very little place or very little Xbox time anymore as it is, and it seems like when I am playing, I'm either playing baseball or I'm playing Battlefield 3. But I, I plan to get to L.A. tomorrow, eventually. Well, yeah, just you know, keep it on the to-do list, right? Right. I mean, it's it's definitely on the to-do list. I got it for eleven bucks. So well, you really got a good deal out of that. Shit. Well, there's a pawn shop here in town that has Xbox 360 games, and they're you know they buy, sell, and trade, what have you. And I just happened to be in there the other day, and I looked in the case, and it must have been about a month now. I looked down in the case, and they had a. Uh, this is what's funny. They had L.A. Noir in uh, the case, and I looked down. and I went, "Well, shit, I'll buy that for eleven dollars." So I asked him. I said, "Can I get that?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I said, "I see you got some more games in that black egg crate back there." I said, uh, "What's in there?" Well, there was a copy of Black Ops in there. So I said, "How much do you want for that?" He goes, "Man, he goes, I don't know if I can sell that to you or not." And I said, "What do you mean?" He goes. 
Well, it's all scratched up, but it, it was. It was like two cats fucking a cheese grater on top of it. <laughs> so I said, well, how much do you want for it? He said, well, I'll take $3. Really? All right. So I bought it, took it to GameStop, had them resurface the motherfucker, and then took it to another store and sold it to them for 30 bucks. <laughs> now that, that is classic right there, Trey. That, that's good stuff. So Yeah, I was pretty impressed with that deal. Anytime you can fuck over GameStop, I, I totally say do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'd like to be one of you in line tonight doing the Modern Warfare 3 thing. And I found a, a local guy who's about 30 minutes away from my house that used to be a GameStop manager. And he just said he got tired of corporate. And so he quit and started his own store. And um, it's called All Your Base. It's in basically Katusa slash maybe broken down depending on the map but um it's just a couple blocks from east where east of the mall used to be in tulsa so it's not too far from here and i just happened to see it on my way home the other day and stopped in he's got a great selection of used games and he was a really nice guy so i'll probably give him some of my actual business now to help him get started you know the thing that kills me about gamestop and i, I mentioned this on friday is the fact that I went into buy Arkham City a couple days ago. What was it? Maybe Wednesday of last week, Thursday, something like that. Right. And I obviously wanted to buy it brand new. So the geniuses behind the counter said, oh, we got a used copy. It's like $5 cheaper. I'm like, yeah. Okay. And I said, I want to buy it brand new. And he's like, well, I was trying to save you some money. I said, well, in the long run, you're not saving me money because then I got to go buy a freaking download code for the DLC. Rather, if I get it brand new... I've got this code and don't have to spend that money. So you're not saving me any money. You're not doing me a favor. And the guy shut up because he knew I, I knew what I was talking about. You know, I'm right. not some stupid random guy that came in to buy a fucking game. I got lucky on Battlefield 3, dude. I uh, found a copy of the limited edition on Craigslist with the codes that were, he said, the codes are not used. He said, matter of fact, he goes, I didn't even put the uh, online disc in. I, he goes, I played the campaign. I beat the campaign. I'm done with it. He goes, I, both codes still work. And he goes, if you go home and put the codes in, they don't work. I'll give you your money back. I was like, okay. So I bought it for forty bucks with the codes, limited edition. Pretty cool stuff, man. So you know, it's it's been a while since I talked to you, man. I, I saw your post on Facebook today, and I was like, oh, great, that's <laughs> so like, sweet, man. I, we haven't talked in a while. Yeah, it's it's been a while, man. It's you know, you've been busy. I've been busy. Kind of fucked up Halloween. Really, it was fucked up. Oh, it was bad. It was probably the worst day of my life. My really? adult life. I, uh, usually I'm off on Sundays and Mondays. And I got a call Sunday afternoon. Hey, can you, uh, work the overnight since you're off tonight? I said, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can use the overtime. My big screen, the Dogatron 5000 finally kicked the bucket. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's dead. And they want like 500 bucks to fix it. Well, for that, I can get a brand new flat screen, you know. And we've got one at work. The boss just bought us a brand new flat screen to watch at work. Well, I hooked my Xbox up to it with my HDMI cable at work, and I have to use the uh, regular audio video hookup at home. So you can tell a big difference, you know, when you're playing. And so I'm like, man, I just want to get high def at, at my house. You know, that's what I want for my Xbox. Well, I've been watching this TV on Craigslist this woman was selling. 
And I finally got her to come down 50 bucks and told her I'd drive all the way to Muskogee, which, you know, being from Oklahoma is about an hour and a half away from where I'm at. I've done shows there, yep. Drove to Muskogee. You know, the way it went down, yeah, I, I'm an idiot for not testing the fucking TV before I bought it, but the way it went down, it didn't lead me to believe there was anything wrong, and the way we were talking, and the fact that she was a cute young chick, I didn't have any thoughts, or and I, and I would never do that to somebody, so I don't look at people like that. I don't expect to be treated that way, because I know I would never do that to somebody, but basically I bought a TV, a 32-inch uh, 1080i, you know, with three HDMI hookups, you know, it had the computer hookup so I could hook my laptop to it for movies and shit. I was all excited. Uh, came home, all the way home, a dump truck throws a rocket to my windshield and shatters the passenger side of my windshield. And if you've ever been hit in the windshield by a rock at about 85, 90 mile an hour, you think you've been shot. Scare the shit out of you. It will scare the shit right out of you, yeah. Um, so I pull over. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm looking around. I look over. My windshield's all busted. I'm like, oh, shit. You know? Keep on driving. I get 30 minutes outside of my house, which is Catusa, and I start smelling oil, but I see white smoke coming out from underneath my hood. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm not overheating. I'm, you know, barely even halfway warm. So I pull over, open the hood, and I've got oil all over the inside of my hood. It's dripping down the fender wells of my car. And I'm like, what in the fuck? I blew a gasket. So now i got to get a gasket replaced inside my engine. I've got to fix my windshield. I thought, well, nothing else. I'll go home, and the Chiefs and the Chargers play on Monday Night Football. There's no wrestling news live. I can play a shit ton of Xbox Live on my new flat screen. I get it home, and it doesn't work. So I call Polaroid, which was a brand of television that it was, and they tell me that it's called, it needs a control unit, which is about 150 to $200 part. So I'm like really pissed off now. I'm in a really, really bad mood. And I call this bitch back that sold me the TV, and she won't answer, but her sister decides to call me and tell me that I've been fucked and that they knew they were fucking me when they did it and compared it to the Craigslist rapist. She said, you got to be careful with Craigslist, man. She goes, it's just like that dude that called up those women and raped them. I said, so now you're comparing this to being raped? What kind of fucking woman are you? Wow. So, so all that happened in one day. I took the TV to the to a repair shop the next day. He said he wanted 300 bucks to, to fix it. So. Wow. You know, Trey, I, we're going to have to change your name to Little Jimmy because you got got. I got got on Monday. On Halloween, I got got. You got got by a hot chick. Fuck me all. She'd have been fat and toothless. It'd have been different, probably. Probably, probably. But uh, you know, I, again, I I had a decent Halloween. Took the kids out trick or treating. I, I, Harmony actually took them out uh, around the one block, and then I took them for about two hours trick or treating, and came back with all kinds of uh, bags of goodies for them. So I mean, I I kind of did it up. I didn't do the ultimate father. Didn't dress up uh, simply because I was having makeup issues. Oh yeah, with the face paint, and uh, you know, you know me, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. If I can't get it right, then I'm just like, I'm not gonna do it. So, right, didn't do it, but uh, I did take them out trick or treating, which was fun. And uh, you know, Friday probably was one of my worst days. I mean, if, if you heard unplugged, you know a little of the story. But I uh, went to go get winter tires on my car because mine were just bald as a fucking eagle, man. 
and uh, I had to do something to, to get it out there. Unfortunately, I'd been waiting to get paid for, for a couple of weeks, and so that was kind of holding me back. Well, on Friday, it actually, we had the first snow here in Calgary, and it snowed all fucking day. I got there, I went there Thursday to inquire about the tires and try to get them on my car that night. And they said, now you got to come back tomorrow morning. So I got up at like 7 o'clock, took Lexi with me because Harmony had to work, so she was going to be with me all day. And we literally got there about 7.30, waited in line for an hour and a half because there was a line clear out the fucking door. And by the time I got there, it was like 9.30 to the desk to order my tires and get everything set in motion. And at 3.45, I pulled out of fucking Walmart in the afternoon with brand new tires and, four, you know, $400 down. So... I, it was not a very that's good day. Why, I was not happy. Why you don't go to Walmart? You know why? Because they pay their mechanics minimum wage. Yeah, but it was the it was the cheapest I could find the tires for. I mean, I literally went everywhere in town, and everybody wanted a shitload more money. So it was close to home. Uh, I knew it was going to be snowing on Friday morning, so I didn't want to go far on tires that weren't that great. And you know, it was what it was. I, luckily, it's in a it's in a mall, so at least I had a little bit of leeway with Lexi to let her go play at the playground. I took her to right. took her to a nice brunch. You know, I mean, we had a decent day, but it was just the sheer fact that I was stuck there all day didn't didn't sit well with me. I heard uh, at the beginning of uh, Unplugged, you were like, "Well, it's just me tonight. I didn't see SmackDown, and uh, Curly's not calling in, nor is Sean." So <laughs> I was like, "Okay." Well, yeah, I didn't have time to do any show prep either, so it was like, "All right, we'll take phone calls all night." That's that's the show, so. And it turned out to be a pretty good show. So, I mean, you know, the guys, uh, you know, everybody that called in came in. So, came through. So, it was a good show. As you can tell, neither one of us are really fired up to talk wrestling at this point. I, I do I, want to talk about TNA. Well, uh, after we cover the Raw and all that, back towards that end of the show. So, well, I tell you what, why don't we go ahead and jump into some news of the week? Let's do that. And then we'll go ahead and take a break. And we'll come back and, and we'll, you know, we'll get the necessaries out of the way. You know, before we jump into news, I want to tell you. I was uh, messing around on the computer the other day, and I'm blown away still. In 2011, I thought that this format had started to die a little bit, but I am blown away at the number of wrestling websites and wrestling shows that are still out there today. You know, there I used to be, you know, pretty up to stuff on, you know, wrestling radio shows out there, but there are so many of them now. But I don't even know half of these people. Where they came from, why they have a show. I'm not dissing them. I haven't listened to them. But man, there's a shit ton of wrestling radio out there. Yeah, we're not dissing anybody. I mean, we, we really don't pay attention to other shows. We're, you know, kind of focused on what we do on Monday night. I don't listen to anybody else's shows on Monday night. I do know there's some that have been going on Monday nights for a long time. There's some that didn't used to be on Monday night that are now on Monday night. You know, but. The new thing is to just do a podcast and just, you know, pre-record it and throw it up. You mean like we did about two weeks ago? <laughs> oh, yeah. Our hand was a little forced. Our, our half a podcast? Yeah. Half live, half podcast. Yeah. Now, I, 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 I promised somebody I'd, I'd say something about this. So before we get into the news of the week, I did go to an independent local wrestling show on, uh, on Saturday night with Harmony. And uh, Mark the Shark DiCarlo also... I attended the show, but uh, my former colleague, Tim Stein, 
has been, I guess, for the last couple of years trying to build uh, a wrestling promotion. And he and a guy named Otto Gentile are business partners, I guess. And they had their first show called Canadian Pro Wrestling on Saturday night. And uh, Harmony and I went, and uh, Spencer showed up. Wasn't a huge crowd. I'd say they probably drew in about 40 people. I'd say about half of that were comped, including myself and Harmony. I actually attempted to pay at the door, and my money was ter- returned to me and said, no, just sit and enjoy the show. Which, I guess on one perspective, it's like, okay, cool, thank you. On the other, it's like you're taking money away from your business. You know, I'm not someone who likes to just, you know, go to a wrestling show and just because I do wrestling radio, I expect to get in for free. You know, I like for the, for the guys to, to get paid. Right. And so I, I was like, okay, so, but anyway, uh, I just, I wanted to, to, to say it was a decent show. I thought, you know, Tim and, and the guys did a good job. So I wanted to put it out there. So congrats to Tim on his first show. We'll see where it goes from there. Stop turning down money. Yeah, you you gotta like take money from people. I mean, I know you got friends and stuff, but dude, I was willing to pay. Wait till you're wait till you're selling out arenas before you start comping tickets, brother. Yeah, like, you're not gonna make no money that way. So, not a bad show. How how have and I'm not trying to stir up any competition here, but how have the uh, crowds been for your uh, stampede? <clears throat> well, let me see. The last show that, that, that we haven't done a show since what? Uh, September, right. We were supposed to have one in October, and uh, I don't want to, you know, get into the the skinny of things. But as it looks right now, I I think it's dead. And the reason it's dead is because the guy that was the financial booker is a pathological fucking liar. Well, it always seems to work out that way, doesn't it? So I don't know. There's I, always one of those guys that has the money that never that never puts up, but won't shut up. Well, exactly. When it comes to independent wrestling. Well, I, I can I can say very astutely that myself and Mark the Shark DiCarlo and even Ted Hart are all owed money that we have yet to see. So I think right. we've we've all kind of just distanced ourselves from the whole process. So I don't know if that if that promotion's coming back, but uh for right now I'm done with it. So it is what it is. But you know, the shows that we had, we had about a good five hundred people, man. At the shows. So I mean I, I can't bitch and complain about that. Right. Somebody anyway, made some money. Somebody made some money. We just it wasn't us. You know, I, mean, I mean, I got paid to to do it the you know for the one night, but we had all those uh, those dubs that we had to do after the fact, and I won't get into specifics, but uh, yeah, certain members who put in work were, were still owed money, including myself and Mark the Shark to Carlo. And we never got it, so we just kind of walked away. I think that's one of the things I wish if I lived up there with you guys, we could put something together that would work. True. You're not not saying that me being there and make it happen. I'm just saying I would love to try. So anyway, let's go ahead and jump into some news of the week, sponsored of course by Wrestling-Online.com. You ready for that? Let's do it. Excuse me. Excuse me. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. May I have your attention, please? And I need all of you. To stop what you're doing and listen. And now the news. Now, Trey, I, I know you're a, a big fan, a big supporter of Kelly Kelly. Yes, yes, yes. Well, believe it or not, and we saw this tonight on Raw, 
the very beautiful former WWE Divas champion, Kelly Kelly, is on the cover of the December issue of Maxim Magazine. The cover proud has... You're proud of her? Yeah. I mean, they're not doing anything with, with, with Playboy now. They're too PG for that. You know, but I mean, to, to, to come from the wrestling world where most people, let's just put it where, where it is, most people that read Maxim Magazine, most men that read Maxim Magazine, I would probably say, correct me if I'm wrong, JJ, if you think I'm, I'm off number-wise, I would say 75 to 80% of those men scoff at pro wrestling or look at it as, you know, something for geeks or retards to be into, look down their nose and make fun of it, but to have one of our women grace the cover of that magazine to get their fucking attention... I think it's a great thing. It is, you know, and, and I know that, you know, my dad uh, <laughs> probably still does, but my dad has always uh, collected Playboy. I mean, not only just Playboy, we're talking like Penthouse, Gallery, Girl Next Door. I mean, my teenage years were great because he put all his porn shit in yeah. my closet. You know what I'm saying? You know, he, yeah. when I moved in with him when I was 15, back in what was it, uh, 1989, yeah, calluses and a sore penis. I, I did, I did. Uh, you know, I, I had a lot of sores. But, uh, no, seriously, uh, my closet where I had my clothes and stuff, he was putting a lot of his uh, his older issues of all these magazines in my closet. So, you know, I had that stuff. Well, I can remember, you know, some years past, uh, you know, when I was married to my first wife, probably back in, I'd say, 96, 97, somewhere around there, um, going over to his house. Or, no, wait, this was, this was when China actually posed in playboy so we're talking about 2000 i can remember going over to his house and he's like so who's this chick she's a wrestler and having that discussion with him because you know that was when uh, i guess it was sable was the first one and then you know china and and some other ones and and sable was okay and you felt proud i mean sable for her age is a hot piece of ass but you look at you know kelly kelly and to know that something that hot is representing professional wrestling I'm proud of it. More so than China. Well, there you go. I I agree. Uh, But, you know, it is what it is. But, I mean, as far as... Tori Wilson was great. Tori was good, yeah. Maria looked good. Uh, Maria looked good. Christy Hemme looked good. Yep. You know, the one that I wish would have done a full spread on Playboy to represent wrestling would have been Kimberly Page. Yeah. But she did a couple other ones, didn't she? Uh, She did a couple uh, sub-magazines to Playboy, like, you know... Um, they have their little, if you're a subscriber, they send out little, you know, mid-monthly issues that are a little like, um, college top 10 and the girls of the, the pack 10 and the girls of the big 12. And they sent one out that had her in it with DDP holding the belt, you know, and her being totally, totally nude, but Trey <laughs> Rodriguez says in the chat, Kimberly Page wasn't that hot to me. Well. Dude. Stop sucking cock and maybe women will be attracted to you. Ah. Ouch. Dude. That's not right. We can neither confirm nor deny that he does that. Because that's the only way I can figure she wouldn't be hot to somebody. I saw her in person back in 2004 and she was smoking fucking hot. I, yeah, when I saw her in person, she was sitting there talking to Kevin Nash and Diamond Dallas Page. Two guys that normally any other time I would have been like, oh my god, it's it's Nash and DDP. Fuck them. Who are they? I can't believe they were even. St- to me, they weren't even standing there. I hear it was you. all about Kimberly. I hear she you. was. She was fucking hot. 
But uh, anyway, back to this Kelly Kelly story. Um, so basically the cover has Kelly in a white bikini sitting on the hood of a red Chevrolet Camaro with the words, quote, WWE diva Kelly Kelly burns rubber and clothes at the bottom of the photo. Yeah, Rodriguez just said it himself. Then again, he says, I think Vicky's hot. That says everything you need. That, that's, I don't even need to say anything. Damn, Rod, you got some issues, man. Psychiatrist might help. I mean, her body is getting better because they put her through extensive training and working her out, but her face still looks like a fucking bulldog. Wow. So apparently uh, last week's Monday Night Raw, the Raw rating did a 3.1 composite off hours 3.21 and 3.0 with an average viewership of 4,487,000 wrestling fans watching. That was down from the previous week's 3.3 rating and around 227,000 viewers less. But i got to be real honest. I thought that last week's Raw was the absolute shit except for the Muppet segments. The Muppet segments saved that show. Yeah, and I never thought I'd say that, but you're right. They were pretty funny. I mean, you know, Beaker and Sheamus was classic. Uh, you know, the the thing with um, the thing with the, with Swagler and Gonzo was great, where they kind of twisted his arms and I, I, I thought the deal with with uh, Swagger and Kermit was good when he said "Shut up, frog!" and he got his mouth shut. Cody Rhodes put a bag over Kermit's head. That was good stuff. That was good. Yeah. You know, Santino wins the match because Beaker gives him the. Uh, uh, the the what was this, the sport drink that they had mixed in the lab? And the funniest line of the night was Michael Cole when they panned the back of the Titan Show and Michael Cole goes, "Where'd Beaker go?" <laughs> like you really walked down there. Exactly, exactly. No, it was uh, you know, the Muppet segments to me really saved it. Like we talked earlier about the whole John Cena, you know, taking out the guys he's supposed to be facing at at Survivor Series. The whole reason he's asking The Rock for help is because he can't get by these guys, and yet. Cleanly, he makes Miz tap to the STF and then beats R-Truth, who does a run-in. I mean, just stupidity. To me, they hurt the Survivor Series build more than they did help it. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of the Muppet part of the show, I like the the fact that the week before, to tease that, Kermit had said something about Kelly Kelly, and she walked over and gave him a kiss, and Piggy was all flipped out about it. I thought that was great, too. Now, we brought up China a few minutes ago. This is, this is relevant because apparently, uh, China is set to, uh, set to do some, uh, signing her, uh, some copies of her video, uh, was it Backdoor to China? This well, week. Man. Apparently, uh, China, the former WWE's Women's and Intercontinental's Champion, will be appearing at an open to the public party at Rick's Cabaret in New York on November 10th. Rick's Cabaret is one of the most famous gentlemen's club in New York City. And the wrestler turned porn star will be signing copies of her vivid video movie from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. The club is located at 50 West 33rd Street between 5th Avenue and Broadway. Now, see, this is what's wrong with the world today. And maybe it's because the guy is blind in one eye and can't see out the other. But Bronx makes a disparaging comment about Kelly Kelly and burning rubbers and turns right the fuck around and says, but I'd fuck Miss Piggy. See, you know, that's what's wrong with you fucking people. You'll really? fuck an 80-year-old Muppet, but you won't fuck a hot 20-something-year-old Kelly Kelly. Well, then good for you. More pussy for me. I'm a little disturbed that he would fuck Miss Piggy. Yeah, I mean, you do know that from the waist down, she's got a gaping hole that 
you know, probably a hundred men have had their hand up inside. Wow. I'm talking about Miss Piggy, not China. <laughs> I thought you were, I thought you were talking about Kelly Kelly there for a second. I was like, wow. No, 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 no. That's what's funny is that all the guys are like, oh, rumors are she's fucked everybody. I wouldn't fuck. Bullshit. You lying motherfucker. If Kelly Kelly was if Kelly Kelly was play, posing for Playboy, 99.9% of the listening audience of this show would beat off to that bitch. Don't say you wouldn't. Well, he's got you there, I think. I, you know, I, and then we got, and then we got one listener that's going to rent the Muppet movie on DVD and beat off to it. Okay, now, now we got some sick pervs. That's your boy Bronx. Can't see out of one eye, blind in the other. The Muppet movie? Wow, man. Well, hey, the Muppets Take Manhattan is on Netflix, so have at her. There you go. Bass that bitch up, man. You want to really enhance the moment? Cook some bacon. (laughs) Ouch. That's not right, Trey. Freeze the screen. Log on to Netflix. Fry you up some bacon. Have you a moment. Oh, you're killing me, Trey. You're killing me, Trey. Um, There was some big news over the past week, Mick Foley returned to the WWE. Okay. Uh, apparently, he returned as a surprise referee during the company's first stop of their European tour in Dublin, Ireland. Foley refereed the tag team match between The Miz and R-Truth versus John Morrison and John Cena. Foley was going to make his return on the November 14th three-hour Raw from Boston, which also has the return of The Rock. He was, however, removed from all local advertising from the TD Garden website last week. The hardcore legend is in the United Kingdom doing his comedy tour and said that in the past he might pop up on the shows. Saying that statement again on Twitter after uh, the show, thanks to all the Dublin fans for a great time tonight. I might be stopping by for a few at WWE shows on my days off, he wrote. Okay. So it's looking like they're possibly going to be doing something with Mick Foley. You know, I, I, I just, I, I've thought about this since we started bringing him up. If he's not the general manager behind the computer, then he's got to be just a special guest referee for the John Cena, Rock, Miz, Truth match. That's possible, but, you know, he, they could... You know, and something could happen in that match that could lead to him even becoming a special referee at their WrestleMania match to get more bang for their Foley buck. I'm which, telling you, if it, if it was me, if they can't get Jericho back for Mania, I would say, you know... Undertaker's last WrestleMania match, Mick Foley and Taker at, at WrestleMania. Nobody in the history of the Undertaker's illustrious career has had more victories over the Undertaker than Mick Foley. Right. You know, I mean, that that's one way you could play it out. I mean, personally, I'd rather see Jericho. WWE Gamer Geek in the chat says he could be coming back to replace Johnny Ace. That's a possibility, I suppose. But I think right now, that story, that's Johnny Ace is set. He's not going anywhere. I think he's locked in there as a part of the storyline because of the texting thing. And I have a feeling that basically Truth and Miz are doing his bidding. Kevin Nash, I think, gets involved with the Truth and Miz at some point. And I think that they form a little stable. And I think that it's all the doing of Vince McMahon from behind the scenes. And I think you're right. But stranger things have happened. So there's also news about The Rock uh, on the set of G.I. Joe 2. I don't know if you heard this or not, but 
Entertainment Tonight had a sneak peek at the upcoming G.I. Joe, <laughs> the G.I. Joe 2 movie, which is currently being filmed featuring The Rock as the character of Roadblock, which he's perfect for, quite frankly. Um, the interviewer asked The Rock for the 411 on Roadblock, to which The Rock replied, he's a BAMF, badass motherfucker, as the two laughed. The two minute and 20 second clip also contains uh, interviews with two other cast members, G.I. Joe Retaliation will be released on June 29th, 2012 with Channing Tatum, Bruce Willis, Arnold Vosloh, and Adrian Paklicki in the leading roles along with Dwayne Johnson. You can see the clip if you go visit uh, the website wrestling-online.com. More Raw news. Apparently there is another three-hour Raw set this year for December 12th. So we've, we've got one next week, isn't it? Yeah, next week, we've got a three-hour Raw. And then on December 12th... um, So a month away, basically, the 14th and the 12th. Yep. The particular Raw will be held at the Scope in Norfolk, Virginia, and tickets are still available at Ticketmaster.com. Around the time the last company did the Slammy Awards show, they also held a three-hour show, so it could be the concept will be returning again once this year, so... Maybe it could be the Slammy Awards Slammy return. Who knows? I have a question. Um, where did it go? Shifty, I think. Yeah, Shifty in the chat room says, Terrible choice for Lady J for the G.I. Joe movie. Who's playing Lady J? I'm guessing Adrian Padlacki or something, whatever her name was. I have no idea. I don't know who that is. I mean, Arnold Vosloh's back as Zartan, obviously, which is good. I liked him as Zartan. I wasn't real big on Channing Tatum as Duke. You know, Duke should be an older guy. Yeah, but I think they're playing it off as early in his G.I. Joe career, though. Much as I hate to say it, I would have rather seen John Cena as Duke. Because he he fits the mold perfectly. I mean, he's he's that guy. Well, I didn't like Flint being... Wasn't wasn't, uh, Dennis Quaid, wasn't he Flint? No, he was General Hawk. General Hawk, that's right. Who's going to be Flint? I have no idea, but it looks like uh, Bruce Willis is going to be the original G.I. Joe. So, And and they are bringing back uh, Ray Park as Snake Eyes, so I'm, I'm happy with that. And I think Storm Shadow is returning for this one, so that should be well, it makes, cool. Well, it makes sense if Tatum is going to be Duke, then another young guy has to be Flint because they were about the same age. And whoever's Flint has to have a romantic thing with Lady J., yeah, because in you the know. cartoons, you know, Scarlet was involved with Duke, but in the comic books, Scarlet right. had a thing for Snake Eyes, and Lady J and Flint always had a thing for each other. Right. You know, but I was always more partial to Flint than I was Duke. Yeah, I was too. I was always a Flint fan. I liked him because he carried around that fucking single-action pump shotgun, man. <laughs> and he wore the beret. He wore the beret, man. He was a badass. So, let me see. Uh, other things that happened, of course, if you watched Impact last week, you know that... Uh, James Storm lost the TNA World Heavyweight Championship to the man who should have won it at Bound for Glory. The man who turned heel and hit James Storm over the head with a beer bottle. None other than Bobby Roode. The guy that Hogan said wasn't ready for the main event. The guy that said that he needed to be from Venice Beach, California. Or Minnesota, not from Canada. You know, we'll get into this a little bit later. But there's one thing that I'm surprised I've not yet, not yet, at least this audience, 
And I listened to the law last night and expected them to bring it up because they're pretty smart when it comes to shit like this. Um, not one thing has been brought up about that Robert Roode James Storm match that, that I can't believe nobody has said yet. We'll get to that in a little bit. And now you have my interest peaked. You especially. I thought you'd be the first guy to say this. That or somebody in our listening audience. But nobody has said this to my knowledge yet. Now, they have added a new match to Survivor Series. You know, we always kind of bitch when they they don't do a, a classic Survivor Series match. Looks like they've added one classic Survivor Series match uh, to the card. It's going to be Team Orton taking on Team Barrett. So it's... Uh, the first five-on-five five traditional Survivor Series match announced on uh, WWE.com today features Randy Orton and Wade Barrett as respective captains of their teams. On Team Orton, we will see Kofi Kingston, Sin Cara, Sheamus, and Mason Ryan, while Jack Swagger, Christian, Cody Rhodes, and Hunico make up the rest of Team Barrett. Last year, there was also just one five-on-five five match, and the year before, there were three, including a Divas match, something that will likely be added to this year's pay-per-view as well. Um, well, I guess out of all that speculation that we've done for weeks and months and months and weeks, whatever, about how Kevin Nash, Triple H, and all these players would fit into a Survivor Series-style match is all out the fucking window. It is, but, you know, I think initially they wanted to have a five-on-five -five Survivor Series match and have Cena and Rock, at, you know, basically be like the co-team captains, I guess. And I thought that was the direction that they were headed. Um, they decided against that and decided to go with a traditional tag match um, with Miz and R-Truth taking on Cena and and, uh, and The Rock. Now, the thing that bothers me, though, is there wasn't much going into Survivor Series that I was interested in. But I am interested in this Kevin Nash program with Triple H. Um, I don't know what their plans are at this point. Supposedly, Triple H is uh, selling the fact that he's injured. He's taken six weeks off to recover. But I really think that to really build this thing between Nash and Triple H, it makes sense to me to have Triple H try to come back early and insist on the match at Survivor Series, in which Kevin Nash gets the win and kind of brutalizes Triple H a little bit and maybe puts him out to the Rumble. And then you kind of have the feud going between these guys and have it culminate at WrestleMania. I'd rather see Nash and Triple H culminate at Mania than any other time. That way it's kind of a big thing for Triple H and Nash to kind of have that match they never had. Being as good of friends as they are back behind the scenes. Exactly. And and I, I say take it a step further. You know, they've been doing stuff with DX, you know, with uh, with Triple H and Shawn Michaels. I say you bring in the click, man. You, you bring in Waltman. I mean, the Hall's not really an issue right now. You bring in Waltman, you bring back HBK. You don't have either of the two wrestle, but maybe have them in their respective corners. You have Sean kind of torn between his two best friends. You know, there's Hunter, who's, who's getting the, the shit kicked out of him by Kev. You know, and, and he doesn't know who to, who whose side he should be on. He's conflicted. You know, he doesn't think what Kevin's doing is right, but at the same time, he understands where Kevin's going with it. And I think that would be a pivotal thing in this whole feud uh, is to have Waltman and HBK right there. Yeah, I would agree with you. And it's funny because I hope I'm not spoiling any more of your news, but um, just this week, Waltman tweeted, uh, anybody going to uh, the Royal Rumble? 
So it looks like he may be a entrant in the Royal Rumble, which would lead him being around at the right period of time for that. Who knows? I mean, that's that's the direction they could go. Um, a couple more WWE things before we talk some TNA news. Uh, apparently, WrestleMania 28 has shattered some record. The tickets have shattered records. Um, first day ticket sales for WrestleMania 28 resulted in a record gross of 6.3 million, according to a press release issued by the WWE today, destroying the previous first day record of 4.8 million for WrestleMania 25. There were no mentions of how many tickets have been sold, but single seats in the $350 price section are still available. Ticketmaster.com is selling official platinum seats ranging from $200 to $10,000 ringside. Yes, you read that correct. That is $10,000. We are thrilled that WrestleMania 28 has already made WWE history in such a dramatic fashion, said John Saber, Sr., Vice President of Special Events for the WWE. Uh, now here's what sucks: is the guys that have busted their ass for 360 guys and gals for 365 days this year, the normal WWE roster. They don't know if they get the credit for that or if because The Rock's showing up if he gets the credit for the record sales. I, I guarantee you they're gonna they're gonna bill it on The Rock. Well, I'm sure they will. Of course they will. Um, Ashley says in the chat room that Pope got front row tickets. Did he pay $10,000 for them? I was going to say, did he have that kind of cash later on? Well, he's always talking about how he's rich, so, I mean, you know, maybe. Motherfucker should be invested in the goddamn network. Yeah, no shit. Buy you a copy of fucking Modern Warfare 3. No shit. <laughs> um, no- I, try- I tried everything today, too. I haven't tried to goat my brother into doing it. I tried to goat my sister into doing it. Neither one of them fucking bit. You know, I, what really what really shocked me was my sister's response because I thought surely my sister, who loves me unconditionally and buys me anything I ever ask for, which isn't much because I don't abuse the, the the situation, but I was like, hey, you know, you asked me the other day what I wanted for Christmas, and I'm sure if I don't have it by, by Christmas, it'll be the same answer. I'd like uh, Modern Warfare Three at midnight. Oh well, fuck! If I buy you one, I got to buy my husband one, and I don't want him having one yet. <laughs> shit oh that's that's awesome uh, apparently at a recent house show Punk got into an altercation with a uh, French TNA fan I saw this this is pretty funny CM Punk got into another war of words with a fan sitting at ringside during a live WWE event in France however this time he didn't use any controversial insults like the one he did in Australia Punk was slapping hands with fans in the front row and this one fan gave him the thumbs down and a person with a trash can with Punk's Pepsi logo going in the trash. Uh, I can see you, but you can't see me, said the fan. Oh, you're a Cena fan, replied Punk. The fan said that he hated Cena, and Punk pointing out that he told him he can't see him. I bet you watch TNA, don't you, says Punk, while smiling and waving his finger. The French fan said no, but his friend said yes, and and, uh, Punk said, it's good. Well, I'm winking at his camera. You can also see the hilarious altercation also at uh, wrestling-online.com. I watched that. It was pretty funny. Yeah, I don't know where he got the TNA thing, but I thought it was pretty funny. Well, yeah, I like the wink. It's good. Oh, yeah, it's good, <laughs> wink. Oh, that's some good stuff. Now, this this could be a, a major thing, a major blow to TNA. Um, right now, it's being reported that AJ Styles has an ankle injury. 
The number one contender for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship, AJ Styles, wrote on his Twitter that he injured his ankle and it's not good. Styles suffered the injury during his match against Gunner at a live event in Battle Creek, Michigan on Friday night. He landed bad on his leg after going over the top rope and landing hard on the floor. The former champ had to be helped to the back following his match. Rolled out of bed to see how the ankle was after last night. Not good. Crap, he wrote on Twitter. Styles will be taking on Bobby Roode for the TNA world title next Sunday at turning at the Turning Point pay-per-view. So, I don't know. It's could be some changes I think if, made. If, if they're smart, what they'll do is um, they'll just be honest. And, you know, have Roode come out with the belt, start talking, blah, 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 blah. Hit the fortune music. Have Kazarian come out and say, "Hey, look! I know it's not my turn. It's not my time, and I've done nothing to earn this title shot. But you know, you took out James Storm, and AJ got hurt. So, as the only other member of Fortune left, I feel like it's my responsibility to stop you from doing something you're going to regret the rest of your career. I'm going to challenge you for that World Heavyweight Championship." And let him and Kaz kind of have a little back and forth to buy AJ some time. That's not too bad an idea. I mean, the pay-per-view Sunday, is it not? I believe so, yeah. And I don't want to see AJ, or I don't want to see Samoa Joe weasel his way in there because they just had that match on TV, and it's, you know, it's it's over with. They, they had their match, it's done. Joe lost, he's done. No, I hear you. I hear you, but we'll we'll see what that. It, what that only, is. it only makes sense to me if this is if this is what's going to implode and destroy Fortune, then the Fortune guys need to be the first ones to try to take out Robert Roode. Two of them are hurt, leaving Kaz to be the only one. I think it's only smart that Kaz comes out and cuts a promo that's honest. You know, says what it is. It is what it is. You know, you you, you took out James, your best friend. To get this, it must mean that much to you. You're willing to, you know, watch fortune implode from the inside. AJ was hurt wrestling in whatever city. Call it by name. Don't cater. I mean, don't cave in. Just call it what it is. AJ got hurt wrestling at a house show and blah, 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 blah. That leaves me to step up, you know, and be the member of fortune to knock some sense into you. And just go with that. I have a feeling, though. They're going to insert Samoa Joe or Jeff Hardy somehow. God, I hope not. Well, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Isn't Jeff Hardy supposed to be wrestling Jarrett? Yeah, I bet so. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, that's going to do it uh, for the news of the week. So let's go ahead and uh, take our first commercial break right here on Wrestling News Live. We'll come back. We'll uh, briefly cover Raw because you know there was one or two good matches tonight, but not many. And after we cover Raw, like I said, I want to get into a little bit of the, the uh, Robert Roode, James Storm, TNA debacle, uh, which, you know, really, uh, and, and what I've read on the Internet and what I've heard was that with Raw being a failure, SmackDown wasn't that good. For the first time in a long time, a lot of wrestling radio shows that, that, that I've read, I didn't listen to all their shows, but I've read their tweets and their blogs and stuff. A lot of hosts, I should say, of wrestling radio shows, even agree that, that, that last week, although it was rushed, and it should have been more drawn out, but six to one, half a dozen the other, that Impact was actually the best wrestling program of the week last week. That being said, I want to talk about the one thing I can't believe nobody's brought up yet. We'll do that coming up after the Raw Report. 
And uh, before we actually hit the raw report, when we come back from break, uh, I do want to bring up some of the topics that I had mentioned uh, that I wanted to bring up tonight. Uh, the, the match listing for the King of the Ring DVD. I don't know if you heard about this, but I yeah. I got some things I want to talk about on that. So uh, we'll be bringing that up here in just a few minutes. We come back from commercial break. You're listening to Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. We'll be right back right after this. Daddy Cool Diesel. You're listening to Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network. WrestlingOnline.com, the official news source of Wrestling News Live. You're looking for the latest news in the world of MMA and professional wrestling. Log on to www.wrestling-online.com and sign up for the largest and longest running newsletter on the internet today with over 26,000 subscribers and over 3,000 issues. And the best part, just like WNL, it's free! Once again, that's www.wrestlingonline.com. There's only one man that can captivate the world. After seven long years, the jabroni meeting. Seven years. The most electrifying man in all of entertainment. The Rock returns to action. Finally! WWE Survivor Series, live Sunday, November 20th, only on pay-per-view. Rated T for Teen. I'm Randy Orton, and I can't be beat because I continue to evolve. By the time you find a weakness, I've already made it my strength. That's the way I live. And now... It's the game I play. Introducing WWE 12 with new Predator technology that delivers faster and more fluid gameplay than ever before. A dynamic WWE TV camera system and unprecedented customization. WWE 12. Bigger. Badder. Better. You know, in the world of pro wrestling radio, there's always someone out there who will always try to get under your skin. I want to really drive Andy to the point where he wants to choke me out. Because I'm going to drive him right off the edge of the cliff. They'll always try, but in the end, it always comes down to the truth. That moment when uh, Silent Rage blows the gasket, this match is over. You know, I'm really just a nice guy at heart. But... Don't piss me off, okay? I mean, come on. The truth is going to hurt someone. Catch your weekly search for the truth right here on the Pro Wrestling Rewind every Wednesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network. 
Hey, you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Have you checked out the new Unplugged on Friday nights? Well, if you haven't, make sure you check out the new Unplugged Friday nights with JJ Sexay at 10.30 Eastern Standard Time, 8.30 Mountain Standard Time, where JJ covers Smackdown, video games, and whatever the hell else he feels like. See you in chat. Right here, Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network. And, of course, that was uh, former WNL alumnus right here on the SNS Radio Network, uh, badass Billy Gunn, the former 1999 King of the Ring winner. That's right. He won the King of the Ring in 1999. Got a big push. Went on to SummerSlam, faced The Rock, and kind of a kiss-my-ass match where he ended up uh, putting those rosy red lips on a... Well, a rather rotund woman, a rather gross rotund woman at that. But, you know, Trey, are you back with me? You're here? Yeah, I'm here. You know, I'm looking over the DVD listing today for, you know, courtesy, of course, of uh, headlockstoheadlines.com. And it's telling me all the match listings for this DVD. Kurt Angle is on the cover of the DVD, which I find hilarious. Hilarious, because Kurt Angle has been very vocal about, uh, you know, doesn't like the WWE, he wishes him the best, blah, 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 TNA's his home. He said a lot of derogatory things in the past about Vince McMahon uh, in various interviews, but Kurt Angle's on the cover. But not only is Kurt Angle on the cover, ladies and gentlemen, it starts off with the 1993 King of the Ring, in which we have the final between Bret the Hitman Hart and Bam Bam Bigelow, where Brett the, uh, Brett the Hitman Hart becomes the first king of the ring on pay-per-view. Uh, we then move on to 1994, where we have the final between Owen Hart and Razor Ramon. 1995 is omitted. There is a match from 1995, I believe a championship match, but no king of the ring final, which was the year that uh, Viscera, otherwise known as King Mabel back in 1995, won the king of the ring. Now, Viscera is a guy, Mabel, Viscera, whatever you want to call him, Big Vis, is a guy that's been with the company off and on for a long time. Um, he's a guy that they've always managed to bring in, and he's always done a decent job of going out, you know, and, and having decent matches. For a guy his size, I will say that Mabel slash Viscera is a pretty good worker. He's, he's a good big man. But there was always talk that in 1995, it was a mistake to, to have him win the King of the Ring, and he was one of those duds as King of the Ring that never went anywhere. Well, then we go to 1996, and we have the crowning of Stone Cold Steve Austin. We go to 97, we have the crowning of Triple H. We go to 98, where we have the crowning of Ken Shamrock. 
And then somewhere along the line, there's a Rock uh, Undertaker match, championship match for the WWE title in 1999. But the King of the Ring final between Billy Gunn has been cut out. So two of the King of the Ring winners in this DVD, those two years are not represented as having a king because the WWE felt in its brilliance that it was a good idea to omit them from being kings of the ring. So a guy like Billy Gunn, whether you like him or you don't, who is a workhorse in that company, busted his ass and paid his dues in that company to get pushes. And maybe he wasn't over with the office and maybe he made some mistakes. But am I the only one that feels like both Mabel and and Billy Gunn got fucked here? I mean, every every other King of the Ring is represented from Booker T winning on SmackDown to Regal winning on Raw. And what's really weird about the whole thing is is that, uh, you know, his tag team partner in the Outlaws, Road Dogs, back to working with the company. Yeah, he's on a trial basis right now. He's got like a six-week uh, uh, trial basis to be an agent. And if that works well, out... Well, the, the irony of it is you think if they, you know are butthurt because the outlaws and what they did in TNA, if that was the case, that they were so butthurt not to put Billy Gunn on the DVD, that they would have never given Road Dog this trial workout. You know, and maybe I'm wrong here, but, you know, I don't remember much about King Mabel's run. There but wasn't much. I remember being happy when Billy Gunn won the King of the Ring. I thought yeah, this was a yeah. good push for him. And it you know? seemed like at the time the right thing for the company to do. Exactly. I remember that. Like, he got a really decent push out of that. You know, I know a lot of people are, are kind of upset over the fact that King of the Ring wasn't represented before 1993. I mean, the Macho Man, Randy Savage, became King of the Ring and became the Macho King. You know, we, we had Lanny Poffo on this very program reciting the poem that he did the night that Randy became the King. Right. You know, guys like Haku aren't represented because they didn't really want to do anything until the pay-per-view, which I understand. But to omit those two years? Only those two years. I really find that insulting. This was a DVD that I wanted to buy, but I think just because they omitted those two guys, I won't. I'm not going to buy it. I- I'm going to boycott it. Fuck it. You know, that, that um, sucks. But I'd like, to, I'd like to get Billy Gunn's thoughts on this. I think we should reach out to him and see what he thinks. I mean, he'll take it as a slide. You know, he, he realizes he's made mistakes, you know, toward Triple H in the past. You know, he said that, that there were things that he said that he wished he hadn't, you know. But I him and the Road Dog did a uh, shoot video for RF Video that most wrestlers do when they leave the company, and they were really down on Triple H and really up on Randy Orton. I know they said a lot of bad things about Hunter and that DVD. But of all people to have on the cover, Kurt Angle, a guy who openly disses the company, who openly Yeah, and it was a recent TNA World Heavyweight Champion. You know what? Stone Cold wasn't good enough to be on the cover. You couldn't have Shawn had Michaels? several. Well, yeah, but Shawn Michaels wasn't King of the Ring. Oh, that's right. That's right. I was thinking Intercontinental Champion for some reason. No, you, I mean you could have had Triple H. You could have had you know Steve Austin. You could have Steve had Steve Austin would have been perfect, but then he's got his own DVD coming out soon. Apparently, you could have had Brock Lesnar on the cover because he was <laughs> the last. He was the last official uh, pay per view King of the Ring in two thousand two. What about what about Edge? Edge was 2001, yeah. He would have worked Booker too. T. Booker T would have been okay. Yeah. King Booker. 
So I, I just, I find it interesting. I mean, that, I think, when I think of covers of the DVD, when I think of the cover, the two guys, and I don't know why, but the two guys jump out to me from the pay-per-view era. You know, the, the two guys that I would have put on the cover would have been either Edge, you know, or Booker T, who not only was Booker T, but changed his name and his gimmick and his wrestling and acting style to, to that of King Booker. Exactly. You know, and, and maybe maybe I'm just a Billy Gunn mark. Maybe that's why this is hitting me so hard. I mean, you, you and me both. I mean, you and me both. You know my feelings towards Billy. You know, I, I think the guy busted his ass. I thought he was one of the best talents that they had. Now, granted, he didn't have the greatest charisma in the world, but in the ring, it was just a technical dynamo. You know, the guy could have five-star matches with just about anybody. And, you know, I always thought that they came close several times to giving him that big push, whether it was Mr. Ass. Whether... Well, they, they did give him a big push, and then they just took it right out from underneath him like a, like a fucking cheap rug. I mean, they just, whoop, whoop, like a magician in a fucking table full of silverware and plates. They just snip right out from underneath him yep. and went on without him. I mean, to me, though, it, it's just the biggest slap in the face. It's like Now, my question to you on that is, on that note, and I'll even ask Billy, this is all something that went down before there was a wellness policy in place. Could this have been their time of punishment back then for a, a wellness violation? Possibly. I mean, let's just let's, let's, let's weigh all the options here. Because back in the day, which was a Wednesday, back in the day, before there was a wellness policy, and they still do it today, we still have moments where we scratch our heads and go, hey, what happened to that? But not like we did back in the 90s. A lot of times, things in the, in the late 80s and early 90s to mid-90s, even close to 2000, you know, but more so the mid-90s and early eight, or late 80s and early 90s, there was a lot of that. Build up with something, and then the curtain jerked right out from underneath it. So, I mean, I asked myself this about something the other day. I wonder if that was due to a wellness violation before there was said wellness policy. You know, and that, that's a possibility. I mean, you know, you look at some of the things Billy There's Gunn... There's no reason to leave the guy off the DVD I, in I agree. the future. I agree. I agree. I mean, you look at the things that he did. I know that, uh, you know, we, we talked to him on the show about... Uh, what happened with the whole Austin getting run over angle? Because they were, it was tailor made for him. That was supposed to be his thing. And they gave it to Rikishi. It was a last minute decision. It's like, oh, we're, we're going to go this Blue other Mystery, way. in the chat room, Blue Mystery says they killed his character when he did that stuff with Chuck. Man, that stuff with Chuck was over like Rover. That shit with Chuck got all the way to, you know, the national publications, USA Today, you know, magazines and, 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 Newspapers that didn't give a shit about wrestling covered the Chuck and Billy wedding. You know, that shit got over. I mean, the company was very, very happy with, with that. Um, and the fact that, you know, you just had to suspend the disbelief that they weren't really buttfucking each other. They were a good tag team together. Um, they had a great gimmick. They are, they are what we want in tag team wrestling today outside the homosexuality aspect of things. You know, we bitch all the time about two guys being thrown together. You know, recently it's worked with Miz and Truth, but before then, you know, it really hasn't worked with many people. We sit around and we bitch about it all the time, you know. But 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 Chuck and Billy wore matching outfits. They came out to a catchy tune. You knew it was them the minute their music hit. You knew it was them. I mean, you... Suspend your disbelief on the fact they weren't really butt fucking each other. They were a great tag team. 
Now, the funny thing is that back in, what was it, 1990, uh, I'd say around 99, 98, they initially wanted that gimmick for Too Cool. Right. And Brian Christopher and, and Scotty Too Hotty just didn't want anything Oop. to do with it. No, thank you. No, thank you. Wasn't going to have nothing to do with it. I think Lawler probably politicked that, too. Like, no way my son's going to be in this angle. Uh, but, you know, consequently, you know, Grandmaster Sexay wasn't with the company much longer after that either. So, no, My son won't play a homosexual on TV, but what he will do is be a drug addict in real life and ruin his career. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, um, even, even if you ask Billy, and we did, he loved Chuck and Billy. He thought that was some funny shit. And it was. It worked well. I couldn't believe they were doing it. But, again, here's a gimmick that most people would think, oh, God, I can't believe they're saddling me with this. And in two guys, Chuck Palumbo and Billy Gunn, they pulled it off and made it successful. And you got to, you know, look at it on, on two different perspectives. Work ethic and, you know, being able to fool people, being able to do that job. You know, the two of them got together backstage when they were told about this, and they went, fuck it, let's do it and have fun with it. I'm sure at first they were probably like, oh, God, I can't believe they're going to do this. Well, yeah, I'm sure. You know, but that's just like The Undertaker. Anybody else would have been given that gimmick, it would not have worked. It takes a special kind of guy, or guys in this instance, to pull certain gimmicks out. And The Undertaker has made that character stand the test of time. And yeah. for what it's worth, Billy and Chuck collectively made those characters work. They took something that was chicken shit and turned it into money. And I'm and I'm one of the few people probably on the planet that enjoyed and wished that he would have stayed the badass biker taker, but that's just me. I was never a fan of that. I mean, to me, it, it killed it as soon as they... Well, they because that's in. him in real life. True. I know that's how he is in real life. Yeah, but I mean, the problem is you got him being the dead man, but yet he's... He's the American badass now. He's not dead anymore. He's driving a fucking motorcycle. He's not really the Undertaker. Well, but I mean, by the same token, I don't think that Kane was burnt in a fire and, you know, they were brothers. And, you know, I don't believe any of that shit either. And I don't believe that the Undertaker, you know, was really embalming people on the side when he wasn't wrestling. No, but I mean, it, to me, it, it just it killed his character. I was so glad when they got rid of the biker gimmick. And taker was great when I was a kid. When I was an adult and could see through that shit, I wanted the biker taker. Oh, I hear you. But I think I still it, love I, his music. I mean, to me, it was a mistake to change the character and then go back to being the original Undertaker. Right, that was the mistake. That was the mistake. Once they changed it, they should have just stayed with it. Yeah, but you know, they wanted. It, to go it back. wasn't gonna. His, his popularity didn't get hurt either way. No, but they wanted to go back to it. So I mean, it is what it is. But you know, my my whole point with this DVD. Is I, to me, it's it's like it's like Vince McMahon, you know, took everything Billy Gunn did for his company, and just fucking pissed on him. Same with Mabel. Everything you did, I'm gonna piss on you and not put your fucking crowning moments when you yeah, guys. That, were that was King the biggest the moment in his career had to be. It's like fuck you guys. Just I mean, whip the cock out, Gunn, piss all over Billy, the DVD. Billy Gunn at least had moments where he was with Road Dogg and they were tag title champions and they were in DX and they were they had a good run. They were an important part of the nineties wrestling scene. You know, as DX DX was the flagship for the WWE, the NWO was the flagship for WCW. That was an important time in wrestling history during the Monday Night Wars. You know. That was an important part of wrestling. You don't 
he doesn't need to be acknowledged as a former king of the ring to be a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. But that's just part of his resume and part of his legacy is that he was, in fact, a king of the ring, and it should be a part of his legacy. And I don't know what Mabel did to piss off Vince McMahon, but that was his crowning moment and crowning achievement. Yep. Now, granted, it was, you know, it was at the quote-unquote, as we've been told many times before, worst drawing period for the WWF ever when, when, Nash, was, yeah, when Nash was champion. I don't know how many times I've heard that. Oh, Nash was champion. It was just killing the company. You know, whether you like Nash or not, I thought he was a decent WWE champion. Was he a technical dynamo? No, he was a big guy that would just fucking kick your ass. Well, by the same token, the second worst drawing period was when Shawn Michaels was a champion. But you got to look at it from the aspect of WCW just started to come into its own. They just WCW started to compete. just started the NWO, you know, when they started winning the war of the Monday Night Wars. You know, I, I don't blame any of that on any one wrestler or any one company. It was just who had the better storyline at the time. And it was just who had a better writing staff. Had nothing to do with the person with the ring or the person with the belt. Exactly. I mean, you can't say Shawn Michaels was the worst drawn champion in history based on the fact that, well, he sucked because you can't say that about Shawn Michaels. Um, granted, 96 after he won the title was when the NWO came into prominence. And yeah, of course, WCW was getting more channel views. Absolutely. That was a, that was a revolutionary concept. No one had ever thought of that. I mean, it was something brand new that we'd never seen in professional wrestling before. And absolutely, it was, it was getting the coverage that it needed, you know? But Sean was still delivering as a champion. I, I dare you to go back and watch any of those matches in 96 and say, well, Sean didn't fucking pull his weight. Like I said earlier, six to one, half a dozen to the other, to each his own. Everybody has a different opinion. Anyway, that, that's my rant on the DVD. I had interest in picking it up, but since Vince decided to take a piss on two guys, fuck him. I'm not going to support that DVD. Speaking of DVDs, have you seen Sean versus Brett yet? I did. I, I bought it last week and watched it with Harmony over the weekend. And uh, I watched but, it again last night because I didn't get it all the first time, but man. You know, I and I can understand... Brett's perspective on why he didn't want to drop the title. I, 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 you know, I was, I understand a little more, but like I said in the chat room tonight, the one thing that never gets brought up in that old Sean Brett debate between Brett's fans and Sean's fans, and you know, the Sean fan always says, "Well, you know, Brett should have done the right thing, and Brett should have dropped the strap. It's just business." Blah 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 blah. Brett wanted Sean to put him over because Sean had said earlier in his drug-induced career when he thought he was the shit that he would not put Brett over. And as a sign of respect on his way out, that was Brett's last wish. The problem is, and what never gets brought up in this argument, is that Brett, at that age, which he wasn't too old, he you know he still had life left in him, or would have had if he had stayed in the WWE, I think. Um, the part that never gets brought up is that, you know, Sean, or Brett, rather, was on, uh, and I'm going to get these numbers wrong, so don't go, huh, Trey, you got the numbers wrong. I'm just throwing numbers out there because I didn't memorize it. But we're for, for, for sake of this conversation, Brett only had a contract to where, you know, he was only supposed to be on the road and wrestle for about 250 shows. He went to Vince to renegotiate, and Vince wouldn't do it. Vince was too busy at the time, what have you. And Brett was already in like 320 days of that 250-day contract. 
the bottom line is if Vince hadn't been milking Bret Hart's title run and renegotiated when the time was right, Montreal would have never fucking happened. It wouldn't have been an issue. Well, but well, now hold on. At the same time, Vince made him an offer. $20 million for 20 years. He was going to end his career there. And then Vince is the one that went to him and said, hey, I can't honor that contract. Right. And then Brett was like, well, WCW was offering me this, this amount of money. And Vince said, well, see what you, you see what kind of deal you can make over there. Right. And that's, that's when that whole thing came about. Now, as far as the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, you know, I, I want you to put me over thing. The way that I understood it was that Brett went up to Shawn and said, hey, man, I'll put you over at WrestleMania, because I guess that was the plan, was that WrestleMania 13, it was supposedly supposed to be Brett and Sean in a rematch. And Brett said that, you know what, I'll put you over, no problem. I have no problem putting you over. And Sean said, well, I'm glad you feel that way, but I don't feel the same. And that's when Brett was like, fuck you, I'm not going to drop anything to you. And that's what brought that whole thing on. Right, well, that's what I'm saying. It was, it was Sean saying, I'm not going to put Brett over, or I wouldn't put Brett over. And Brett wanted Sean to put him over despite what he had said. And being the Shawn Michaels mark that I am, Sean was wrong for that. That was fucked up. But Sean is, you know, admittedly a douchebag back in the day. You know, he wasn't exactly the greatest guy. And he admits that. So, again, I can understand Brett's argument, you know. Until that, I, I always thought, okay, you know, Brett didn't have a, you know, a piss to pot in. Or a pot to piss in, excuse me. Um, but I, I kind of understand a little more his his uh, his mindset. Well, also also in Brett's defense, which I generally don't do. Again, Brett's contract was only for about two hundred and fifty days, and he was already on like day three twenty. And he told Vince, "Look, if you'll just let me retain in Montreal, I'll drop it on Monday in Ottawa." And Vince wouldn't go for it, and Brett was like, "Well, I've already worked." You know, 80 days outside of my contract, what's one more? Yeah, but at you the know? same time, you've also got to, I mean, and, and I understand Vince's stake in this. You know. I do too, I do too, I do too. But I'm just saying, it was, it, it was okay to have Brett work 80 days over his actual contract when it benefited you. But then when there was a chance that on day 81, he might show up on WCW Nitro with your belt, it wasn't okay then. Exactly. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? No, no, you're right. Exactly. But yeah, that, that DVD is fantastic. For anybody who hasn't seen it, I definitely recommend it. I think Jim Ross did a fantastic job of really, uh, asking the right questions. You know, and, and I still yeah. feel like both guys kind of held back a little bit. A little bit, yeah. But, but overall, you can tell Brett, Brett was really emotional at times, so was Sean. Yeah. Definitely a, a very good DVD. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, another thing that I wanted to bring up really quick, what was it? What was it? Oh, yeah, 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 the TNA thing. TNA, yeah. Let's talk about this a little bit. I guess a lot of people are expecting me to go apeshit nuts, but I'm not. And I'm going to tell you why. Because turnabout is fair play. You know, for the longest time, uh, the WWE used outside, you know, independent organizations as a place to grow talent. OVW was one that, that saw the progression of guys like John Cena, uh, guys like Randy Orton. You know, a lot of good... Brock Lesnar, Batista, Shelton Benjamin, all these guys came out of OVW. Um, Danny Davis does a fantastic job in the Louisville area. Jim Cornette used to be affiliated with it as well. And they always did a good job of bringing up talent at that facility. Well, 
they got away from OVW and went down to Florida and got with Steve Kern and did FCW. They also had Deep South Wrestling for a little while. And that went under. So now the news is, according to WrestleZone, that TNA has reached a developmental deal with OVW. Um, I got to say that despite the fact I might not like TNA's current product, I might not like the direction that they're going in, I think this is a fucking brilliant, brilliant business move. And I think Pritchard knew exactly what he was doing when he put yeah. his finger on this one. Because OVW has had some of the best talents come through the doors there. And Danny Davis knows how to work with guys. He knows how to build stars. So I think that in the long term, this is going to be a good thing for TNA Wrestling if they manage if they manage to keep their head above water and make the right decisions. So, you know, for those of you that thought I was going to go apeshit nuts and rant about it, there's nothing for me to rant about. I think it's a smart business move for them. And I hope that it produces new superstars for them. I agree with you 100%. I, uh, you know, this just shows me that, albeit a slow progression, slower than slower than a lot of us would have liked recently, but over the last few years, uh, TNA is finally starting to get the right idea. Maybe they are finally starting to go towards the right direction. It'll help them grow as a company. Um, they're starting to get the right people in place and not just people that are on the Jeff Jarrett, you know, farewell tour, you know, they want to see TNA survive and grow as opposed to being just a place for Jeff and his buddies to show up and get a payday. Exactly. I mean, like I said, I think this was a very smart business move and we'll see where it goes, but, uh, you know, I can only hope that a lot of the talent that's in OVW coming up uh, are going to have a spot on that roster and maybe there'll be something done with them so before we uh, jump into news or before we jump into raw real quick while we're already on tna i watched impact and the first thing that popped into my mind is the one thing that i haven't heard anybody say yet and it's blown me away not that it's that big a deal and not that it's that big of a it doesn't make me a wrestling genius. It doesn't make me a wrestling god. It doesn't make me anything more than a fan. But I just, with the hatred towards TNA, I've gotten gun shy in the past. And I'm gun shy nowadays. Where when I watch Impact, I watch it from the perspective of, okay, that was good. I liked that. Okay, that was good. That was okay. I bet the fans ripped the shit out of that. I bet the internet goes ape shit with that. And that's how I become a, a, that's the way I watch TNA now. And it's because I have this job as a host of a radio show where I've been forced to feel that way and watch that way because I can sit here and tell you what I like about TNA and a lot of you will disagree. My co-hosts will even disagree at times. But I read what you say in the chat room and what you say on message boards and what you say in emails and Facebook posts and Twitter tweets and everything else, and I'm just a gun-shy TNA fan now that when I watch it, I like what I like, and I pick out what I think the fans are going to shit on. I think we all knew that it was going to come down to Bobby Roode and James Storm, especially after last week, or the week before last, when Robert Roode won the number one contendership. We all knew it was coming. Yes, it's a little rushed, I think. I think this is a storyline they could have drawn out. I would have liked to have seen Robert Roode 
Um, you know, I'd like to have seen Robert Roode develop a sense of jealousy, maybe, over the title and the attention that James Storm was getting due to being the world champion. Um, I think that James Storm on his own may not have been a great idea for a champion. I think James Storm, one half of Beer Money, member of Fortune, was a great idea for a champion because he doesn't have to do it all himself. He's got guys behind him. He's got guys that can run in and save him when TNA books their bad finishes. You know, he's got guys behind him that want to see him retain that strap and hold on to that belt. So I think for that aspect, again, he's a smart pick as a TNA original if there was going to be one to put the belt on at this time. Same could have been said about AJ or Bobby Roode or Kazarian had they picked any other one of them, but they didn't. They went with James Storm for a reason. I don't know 100% why they did it this way, to just turn around and have Robert Roode win it. When, you know, it was, again, in my heart of hearts, I talked about it the night before the pay or the week before the pay-per-view. I talked about it again during the pay-per-view coverage. And you'll you'll remember this. I said, don't be surprised with all the momentum leading to Robert Roode being the new champion. Don't be surprised if TNA pulls a TNA and leaves the belt on Kurt Angle just to swerve you to give the belt to Roode again at a later time. Did I or did I not say that? You did. And I think your reaction to it was, no, they've sunk too much into Robert Roode to pull out now, basically. And I said, yeah, you're right, they have, but TNA, just like with Jeff Hardy and other decisions they've made, they like to take the absolute obvious, turn it upside down, and put their stank on it and say, see, we told you so. You know, and so again, why they did this other than to say, fuck you, we got you, ha, 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 I don't know. If they were going to turn around and take the belt off Storm two weeks later to put it back on Rude, they should have just let him win it against Kurt Angle at the pay-per-view. However, this is a company that I don't think gives two shits about pay-per-view buy rate or pay-per-view quality. I think they do it to be a part of the business, but I think they are more focused on their television product and ratings on their television show than they care about buy rate with their pay-per-view. And I have several things that back that theory up, but that's not what we're talking about at this time, so I'm going to let that go. Now, see, I, I agree with what you're saying. And, again, I was I was of the mind that it made sense for a guy like Kurt Angle, the best wrestler in the world, as he's been quoted, right. to put over a guy like Bobby Roode. It would have been a great torch passing without passing because Kurt's not going anywhere. But it would have, it would have made it would have made Brood a bigger star winning the belt from Angle than it would from winning it from James. Exactly. And so we had a guy in Kurt Angle who went into the match injured with a hamstring injury that was obviously not 100%. That Rude couldn't take advantage of, but James could on Monday night. Exactly. And Bobby Rude couldn't beat the guy. And so they made Bobby Rude look like an idiot for not winning the belt. Then they put it on James Storm, you know, in kind of what you could consider a fluke-type victory. Now, if this was the direction that they were going, I really think that they should have just had Bobby Rude win the belt at Bound for Glory. Exactly. You know, Hogan made the stupid fucking comments that wasn't warranted that he didn't need to fucking say, but that's just Hulk Hogan for you. And they should have had a slow burn and had James be the fucking heel. Yeah. You know, he should have been the one to turn on Rude. Right. 
you know, and, and, and what's sad is, you know, I don't know if Hogan's comments really meant that much in the grand scheme of things, or if it was a smoke screen or a shield or a bulletproof vest on the company so that they could take some shots and then just point at Hogan and say, well, he, he, he did it. It was his fault. You know, I'm not so sure that TNA going into this didn't already have the mindset that they weren't going to put the belt on Root at Bound for Glory just because they like to say, ha ha, we got you. And that's the TNA way, just like they did with Jeff Hardy. You bring in the biggest star in the business, the biggest baby face, a guy that was outselling John Cena in merchandise, hands over fist in the WWE, and you turn him into the fucking number one bad guy on your program. Why? Because you can. It's that why because we can attitude that has fucked TNA over the last two or three years. And again, if knowing they were going to do this, they should have just let Randy beat Angle at Bound for Glory, but they didn't. So I'm going to assume that they have ulterior motive. However, with that being said, if they weren't going to let Robert Roode beat Kurt Angle and they were going to put the belt on James Storm, they needed to have the slow burn that JJ just spoke of and let Fortune as a group continue to function, continue to back James Storm, let him get in some deep fuse with some guys from Immortal, some guys outside of Immortal, but let Fortune be the one that always tips the scales back into his favor when he needs it, not because he has to have it, but only when he needs it, when he's outnumbered himself. And then slowly, slowly show James Storm developing a sense of, you know, jealousy for his partner and the role that he should be playing had he been able to beat Kurt Angle at Bound for Glory without getting screwed. They didn't do that. They did the same thing the WWE has, has done with the CM Punk thing that they, they ruined by going too fast and, and killing it. Um, Hang on a second. I'm, I'm, I'm reading something in the chat, and, and I'm, I don't agree with this at all. Maverick says, and I quote, TNA is getting shit on because the ignorant fans are used to WWE being the sole wrestling company. No, that's not why TNA gets shit. And you're an idiot if you think that, Mav. TNA gets shit because they deserve it. They do a lot of dumb things. They do a lot of good things. But they do so much dumb shit that it overcasts the good things that they do. You know, people want to say, well, look at the rating because James Storm finally, a TNA original, became the W or a TNA champion. Yeah, but you know what? If you break down the, the, the ratings, which I'm never a fan of, that segment of him winning the belt was the lowest one of the night. It was a 1.2. So, I mean, you can't even say that. You know, I hate to say that. James is my boy. You know that. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, TNA has done so many stupid things. They're the company that cried wolf. I mean, if every week we tell you we're going to change the face of wrestling and then we shit our pants and have a horrible show and you scratch your head and go, why did I waste my time watching that when I could have just read it on Tuesday? There are so many things wrong with TNA, they outweigh the good things that are right. And I could do a whole three-hour show on how to fix TNA. I'm not going to do that right now, but I could. You know, starting with being pre-taped. You know, it's just like sarcasm in an email or a twit or a fucking Facebook message. Sarcasm is hard to pick up when you read it. Well, so is professional wrestling. You can tell me that to, you can tell me that next week AJ comes out and does a you know 
840 splash. I don't know what that would be, but by God, I'd sure want to watch it to find out how it looks as opposed to just reading about it. Reading about it doesn't do nothing for me. I'd sure like to see how the fuck he pulls it off. If he's doing an 840, he's got to be like on wires, I think. You know what I mean, though? I mean, yeah, I'd rather see it than read about it. No, no, I hear you. I hear you. But the problem is that, that, that reading wrestling doesn't translate. And not to get off on a, a whole other tangent, what I'm getting at about the whole Robert Roode and uh, James Storm thing is the one thing I expected to be the first thing said, nobody to my knowledge has said yet. And again, this doesn't make me a guru. It doesn't make me a specialist. It doesn't make me... Uh, a genius by any stretch of the imagination. It's just the first thing I thought of, and I can't believe that if I was, you know, the, the first one to think it, that it wasn't all over the internet. You know, people talk about beer money being the best tag team in the business. Well, they were for their time, but there was also a tag team before that called America's Most Wanted that was pretty goddamn good too. And if memory serves me correctly. The way we ended that tag team was one member took the other guy's beer bottle and hit him in the head. Well, actually, his own beer bottle. James hit Chris Harris in the head with a beer bottle to end that tag team. And now here we are, three or four years later, and they can't come up with anything better than using that same fucking beer bottle to wreck this team? Do you know why I didn't come up with that? Because I really wasn't paying attention when all that went down. I couldn't tell you how... how America's Most Wanted broke up. I don't remember. Yeah, they were feuding over uh, something stupid, and they had a singles match, and James hit Chris with the beer bottle and blinded him, and Chris was gone for a few weeks. See, I didn't know same that. Fuck, same fucking thing here. Robert Roode grabbed the beer bottle, looked at it, thought about it, hit fucking James with the beer bottle. Now James has got a concussion. He's going to be out for a few weeks. It's the same fucking thing they did with the fucking America's Most Wanted, and nobody brought that up. But yet, if you look at the internet, it was the best match on TV on all three promotions. SmackDown, Raw, or TNA. And that's the best they could come up with, was using that goddamn beer money, or that beer bottle again? Hey, if it works, man. I mean, it ain't I broke, just couldn't don't believe fix it. it. It ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, that didn't go over well, so I don't know how this is going to end up. Yeah, we'll see. You know? I just think that they really fucked this thing up bad by going 100 mile an hour when all they had to do was go 20 mile an hour and build it. You know, by, by around the time lockdown or one of the, maybe Genesis or something, comes rolling around at the first of the year, maybe that would have been the time to execute the turn. You know, and even if you didn't want to wait that long, if you wanted to have AJ challenge rude and say you know you you're, you're breaking up beer money you're doing all this you're doing all that for monetary gain and the and the to be the champion and you you know you said you'd never turn your back on us blah 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 i'm calling you out i'm challenging you to a title match you know have robert rude do a two or three week run against aj have him go over on aj then bring kazarian in like i said tonight have kazarian say well you know, I didn't want this fight. I didn't want to have to do this, but I'm the last member of Fortune that you haven't taken out, so it's my duty as a member of Fortune to knock some sense into you. Let that go two or three weeks. By then, you've been six weeks down the road. You can bring James Storm back then. That's not how they'll do it, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll fuck it all up. But 
Oh, yeah, give it time. If if you want my money's worth, that's what I'd like to see happen. No, I agree. And that's that's a pretty valid point. So that's my TNA rant for today. All right, well, that said, let's go ahead and jump into some, uh, let's, let's talk some Raw for a few minutes before we hit this next break. I mean, we'll, we'll just briefly cover this. There ain't much to cover. There ain't much to cover. I mean, this this will be a really, like, five-minute <laughs> segment right here. And now it's time to review Monday Night Raw. Time to talk a little wrestling. Oh, wait. We're talking Monday Night Raw. I guess that means it's time to talk entertainment. Yeah. So we start things off on Monday Night Raw tonight, guys, with John Cena basically opening up the show and cutting a promo about Rock returning to Raw next week. And, you know, and then we have uh, The Miz and, and R-Truth come out, basically interrupt the promo, said that, you know, they'd beat Cena at Survivor Series, and they're going to beat him tonight in a tag team match. Uh, at one point, John Cena said that his tag team partner tonight was going to be a uh, future Hall of Famer, you know, he's like the 10th wonder of the world and all this other bullshit. And we find out it's Zack Ryder when he comes in and makes the save as Cena's getting the beat down. You knew it. Zack Ryder. I had heard originally it was going to be CM Punk, but apparently they changed it to Zack Ryder. The last oh, I'm glad, I'm glad it wasn't CM Punk. He's got his own shit going on. That would have just made me laugh. I would have been, why are you, you know, three weeks ago you couldn't stand this fucking guy. You know, same same shit from Cena that we see all the time, where he's disparaging The Rock. Yeah, we're going to be tag team partners in Survivor Series. Rock's not here tonight, but he'll be here next week. Yeah, yeah, he's not bringing it. He's busy doing a movie, blah, 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 blah. You know, the same old shit that he always does. Um, we move on to our first match, John Morrison taking on Dolph Ziggler. And i got to say, I, this was a great match. I mean... Oh, well, yeah, bell to bell was the best match tonight. For all the people that fucking hate John Morrison... Him and Ziggler did a fantastic job tonight. Uh, you know, suck it. I mean, really. If you're a hater, fuck you. I mean, both guys really pulled it out tonight. I agree. You know, I mean, we, we've we heard constant rumors that, you know, Morrison's gone. He's not resigning. WWE doesn't want him. Well, I but think they changed their mind on all of that. I, I'm starting to think because it looks like he's on an upswing. And I think right now, well, you know, he's he's lost, what, several matches. He got the win tonight. You know, basically thanks to a malfunction at the junction by Vicky Guerrero, which ended up costing Ziggler the match. But those guys, from start to finish, did a fantastic job. Uh, Ziggler looked like a million bucks tonight. And Morrison looked, yeah. looked decent. I mean, he looked... I, I'd say Morrison looked good. I mean, I'm still not a big fan of Starship Pain. I think it sucks. But Ziggler, just million bucks tonight. I want to address something in the chat room right now. And talking about how the WWE and Gail Kim, you know, didn't work out. Um, WWE Gamer Geek says that, you know, basically WWE fucked Gail Kim, to which everybody else is saying, no, Gail Kim fucked Gail Kim. No, WWE fucked Gail Kim. I'm sorry. She left TNA with a promise to go to WWE and be something. And I can count on one hand, on one hand, the number of matches that bitch was in from the time she went back to the WWE to the time she came back to TNA. So if the WWE didn't fuck her over, I don't know who did. But I have a hard time believing Gail Kim, you know, was doing anything disparaging to her, her career by opening her mouth or saying anything. 
You know, she's been in TNA now for two or three weeks, and I've still yet to hear her say anything bad about the WWE. Now, okay, here's the thing as far as the Gail Kim WWE situation. Gail Kim was, you know, one of the founding uh, knockouts in the knockout division. You know, wasn't she like the first champion? Yeah, she was. Okay. So she was the crown jewel in TNA's women's division. And the WWE made her an offer that she couldn't refuse monetarily. Not because they wanted Gail Kim in their division. They didn't want TNA to have her. They didn't want TNA to have her. I've seen this happen with guys in the past. Harry it Smith. Happened with Chris Harris. Harry Smith was signed to a contract in 19, or excuse me, 2006, around the time Brett was inducted in the Hall of Fame. He sat at home and did nothing until they brought him onto the roster in 2007. And then two weeks later, he got busted for a, uh, a wellness violation that he had already, like they had already known about a month prior to that. But because of the whole Chris Benoit thing, they had to make an example out of somebody. You know, now yeah, Harry's. It's, it's funny that everybody makes fun of Brad, or of, of Braden Walker, Chris Harris. They, they don't even know the story. And that's the same thing that happened to Harris. Dixie made Chris an offer to stay right after him and, and James broke up and promised them that he was going to get a good singles push for the world title. Well, the WWE more than tripled that offer to get him to come to the WWE. And he took, I mean, who wouldn't in that part of your career take the WWE offer and, you know, see what you could do there? Otherwise, you're going to be that 80-year-old man talking to your grandkids saying, you know, there was a time I could have done this, but I didn't. And you're going to wonder the rest of your life what could have been. So he took the WWE offer, and they sent him at home for a year and a half. He didn't do shit. Hang on a second. I want to comment on something. Swack says, Jeff, look at Ron Killings. What about Ron Killings? Yeah, he was a two-time TNA champion. I know what you're trying to say here. But look at Ron Killings now. He's at the top of the fucking mid-card, feuding with The Rock and John Cena. If that's not fucking making you a star, then what the fuck is, man? How long did Ron Killings do nothing before he teamed up with the Miz and started feuding with Cena with the little Jimmy shit. So I, I don't I don't understand your arguments. Why? Hey, quick, bring back any fucking memories, buddy. You know why are you going to sit there and throw him? He's at the fucking top of the card right now, feuding with two of the biggest names in the business. So do I think they've done right by truth? Absolutely. Yeah, but how long did he sit on the sidelines before this happened? It, it took him after, a while. Yeah, he left. I mean, the last thing he did in TNA was the the fucking three live crew thing. He left TNA and went to WWE, and how long did he sit there and not do shit until but, he came out with the little Jimmy comments? To, to be fair, I never saw R-Truth as a, as a main event guy. You know, I, I mean, he was fine in TNA because I never saw TNA as anything more than a glorified independent. But I never saw Ron Killings. Oh, he was a fantastic wrestler. Yeah. I mean, Ron Killings, Ron Killings ran up JSK's phone bill. Actually, he ran up JSK's phone bill that was on my fucking account. So yeah, fuck him. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, seriously, did anybody else really think that R Truth was going to be as big as he is right now? Did anybody see him being more than a U.S. champion? And the, and the WWE didn't either. They would have had a whole package ready for him when he rolled out. But fuck, he was coming out to no music. They were putting that together as they go. You know, that was on the fly booking. So, I mean, that, that argument doesn't apply. It's not planned so out. Oh my God. Are you serious? He's saying, Jeff, did they put a WWE or World Heavyweight Championship around Ron Killing's waist since he signed back in the WWE? No. No, they didn't. But when was the last time Ron the Truth Killings was a fucking TNA champion before he left? 
Don't tell me it was before he fucking left the company. And they had him before he went to TNA and let him go. So your your argument's stupid. Like, bring some intelligent argument to me, man. Come on. They don't just put the belt on anybody. Just because the guy was a TNA world champion, the NWA champion, he just should walk in the door and they should fucking bow down and say, here, Truth, here's the belt. It's right. not how it works, man. If you think it is, you're fucking delusional. Anyway, back to the, uh, you know, what we were talking about. You know, I talked to Chris Harris, and, you know, he's telling me on the phone that they're telling him, oh, it could be, you know, six months before we have anything for you. Just hang tight. And he's got to call in and check in on a regular basis. You know, all while they're paying him to sit at home and do nothing. And he's not allowed to do independent shows. He's not allowed to do independent wrestling shows because he's now a part of the WWE. And all you're waiting on, all he's waiting on is a chance to go to OVW or whatever their their, their training facility was at the time. He knew he wasn't going straight to the WWE, you know. So, I mean, they just buy him off and set him on the bench. And that's exactly what they did. I agree. They tried to do the same thing to Kazarian. You know what's fucked up about the Kazarian situation? I've never he understood told him, He told him to fuck off. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing with Kazarian. They wanted to, they wanted him to fucking cut his hair. They well, told yeah, Kazarian. Yeah, but there was a lot of other shit going on with that, too. Okay, but they told Kazarian, look, we want you to cut your hair. He didn't want to fucking do it, and then a week after he goes back to fucking TNA, they cut his fucking hair off. He cut his hair off, I understand. I, yeah, that, like, was, that was, I think that was more of a fuck you to them than it is. I guess, though. man. I guess. I always thought, well, that's the stupidest shit in the world, man. I mean, I understand, and you have to, you have to look at this. It's like, what's the best way I can say this? You have to look at professional wrestling in a different light. Being a, as I've worked the independent level, I know the politics that are involved, even with, you know, the big stars that come through. You know, Honky Tonk Man, for example, the guy doesn't lose matches. He doesn't bump. That's when you book him, that's what you expect. What you, get. you get what you get. He will not bump for you. He will not lose the match. That's just the way it is. If you're looking to put some young guy over the Honky Tonk Man, fuck it. It ain't going to happen because he's the Honky Tonk Man. Okay, so you got all the egos and shit that come through. If you go and work for another company, and you've been a successful tag team champion, or hell, you've even been a world champion in the other company, and you come into this other company that's like recognized as the biggest company in the world, because whether you like it or not, that's what the WWE represents. The monopoly of the wrestling business, because that's really what it is. You cannot expect to have the same locker room politics as when you worked in this other promotion. They're not going to react to you the way that the people backstage reacted to you in the other place. It's like when you're a senior in high school, you're the big fish. You know, that last year, you are the motherfucking man. And then when you go to college and you're on that freshman level, you are a fish. And everybody is looking to take advantage of you. You are nobody to them. You have to build yourself back up to that level that you were as a senior. And that's what I don't think people understand. You know, when you go and you can't hack it because they're giving you shit. They're fucking testing you. And when guys can't fucking hang with that and they fucking hang them up and go back to where they came from. It's like, where's your heart? You see what I'm saying, Trey? Did I lose Trey? No, I'm here. Go ahead. Okay. But, I mean, you understand what I'm saying? 
Yeah, I understand. And, and then they even mentioned it last. Oh, well, I say last night because I watched it last night. Brett mentions it in that damn uh, DVD with Sean. When Jim Ross asked him what it was like to go from you know WWE to WCW, he said it was his biggest fear come to life. That nobody there knew what was going on. It was a totally different atmosphere, totally different locker room. That it was an embarrassment. Every locker room is different. Every place is different. You're going to be treated differently everywhere you go. You know, Jericho didn't have it easy when he came to the WWE. You know, he, he came from WCW and turned down millions of dollars to stay, took a pay cut, because he knew that at, at the end of the day, Vince McMahon would make him a bigger star. Right. And he went through all the bullshit with Triple H and Waltman because they didn't like him when he first got there. And he had to fucking eat dog shit to fucking work his way up to the, you know, to where he was. He didn't walk in the door and they said, oh, you're Chris Jericho here. Here's the fucking title. Oh, here you go. I mean, does anybody remember when he had to fucking wrestle with China to be the Intercontinental Champion and they were co-champions? Co-champions. That was all a fucking building up process for a guy like Chris Jericho. It's like the military, man. You join the fucking military and they fucking treat you like dog shit and they tear down who you are and they build you into a fucking better person. That's the whole point of going through boot camp. That's why the guy's yelling at you. I can tell you the whole kit and caboodle about that, buddy. I mean, it's the same fucking thing when you go from this company to the big company. They are going to tear down who you are and rebuild you into what they want you to be. And nine times out of ten, it's going to be a good fit for you. But there are the occasional ones it doesn't work for. Right. There's always going to be that guy that says, well, screw you, I'm going to do this my way. And that's just my two cents. That's my take on it. So anyway, let's but don't get... think, but don't think though for a minute that the WWE doesn't buy talent like Gail Kim and Chris Harris and others that are hot in one place and put them on the bench when they get there because they didn't want them. They just didn't want them to be popular somewhere else. Hold on a it second. It does happen. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on a second. Uh, THQ man, Aki THQ man. Technically, WC was WCW was always the bigger company, but WWE was always better. Yes and no. WCW was a, I wouldn't necessarily call them a wrestling company. I mean, they were, but they weren't because they didn't have the schedule that the WWE had. You know, you worked a couple of days, a couple of house shows. You know, you did your live TV or you went to the arena. But for the most part, a lot of the stuff they did was studio taped. So it's different. I mean... At the time Jericho left in 99, WCW had already lost the ratings war. The WWF had overtook them again. So they weren't the top dog in professional wrestling anymore. And you also got to keep into consideration if you're a WWE hand, you know, if you're a WWE wrestler, and you know Jericho's coming in, did you see that place the night that he debuted? Yeah, I mean, there were more signs in the crowd, Y2J, Jericho saves the WWE, blah, 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 all over that place. How do you think that makes those WWE guys feel that have been there when the newcomer comes in and all anybody cares about is him? You know, it makes instantly for a bad working environment if you're that guy. Well, and that's probably, that's probably part of the problem Triple H had, because if you remember, 99 was the year he ascended to the World Heavyweight Championship. Right. You know, and Jericho had just come into the company, and it was like, well, who's this guy, you know? 
Just because, you know, and even The Rock, you know, made it known in his promo when, when he debuted. You know, just because you were in the other company beating some guy named Hooventude doesn't mean you're a fucking superstar. <laughs> you know? I mean, at the end of the day, that's what you got to think of. I mean, a lot of those guys came in and paid their dues. Uh, one that really stands out, The Big Show. Do you think Paul White had it easy from the moment he walked in? That guy went through hell for a little while. You know, they stuck him with Taker, and Taker tried to school him on how things needed to be done. I mean, fuck, they sent him, his weight got out of control. They fucking sent him to OVW and fucking cut him from the roster for about a year. I mean, he had to go through the paces, too. I can't think of any one person that just walked in the door and they fucking said, okay, well, you're this guy. Let's make you the biggest star in the company. And on the, on the flip side, on the, on the you know, everybody says there's always the other side of the story. Why do you think a guy like Sting has never done what everybody wants him to do and sign with the WWE? Because exactly. he knows that he's going to go over there and not be the, you know, big fish in a little pond. But see, I think it's, if Sting would have fucking done it years ago, if Sting would have went to the WWE instead of the NWA, the Warrior wouldn't have been as big as he was because Sting would have fucking taken that spot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right, too. Without a shadow of a doubt, if, if it was flip-flopped, the Warrior probably would have been in WCW. He wouldn't have been as big as Sting. And Sting would have went to the WWF and would have been the fucking man. He'd have been a Hall of Famer. He, he'd have been, that, somebody the company could be proud to say is one of their guys. Hogan would have fucking passed the torch to fucking Sting at WrestleMania six. Wouldn't have been Warrior. And Sting would have fucking lasted. The problem with the Warrior was he always had problems. He didn't want to do business the right way. He fucking walked out on the company. He fucking held Vince up for more money. I mean, things could have been a lot different, if, you know, if, if certain situations had happened. I just, I think, you know, Sting blew a chance. I mean, granted, he was making more money with Turner, but I think he would have been a bigger star if he would have went and worked for Vince for a couple of years. I don't deny that. But anyway, let's, uh, we're going off on a tangent. I just. Raw report, yeah. Something I, about raw. Let's do raw. I, I just, you know, like, those comments were just bugging me. It's like, you know, look what they've done with Ron Killings. Well, <laughs> look what they did to Braden fucking Walker. What's your goddamn point? Look what they did to, uh, Monty Brown. Well, I think Monty Brown was a different horse. I mean, like, he I was. Don't think it was I, you know, I, that's not fair. I shouldn't say that because I don't really know what happened to him, that guy's deal. I, I think, I think, I think something happened with his family, dude. I mean, that's, that's what I remember hearing. Because he was, I mean, the Marcus Corvon character was pretty, pretty well done on ECW. And I thought he was going to get a big push. And then yeah, something happened. That that something happened. And then I think it was a family issue that, that he, he kind of walked away from the business. Um, so I don't know what that situation was, but you know, it, it sucks. That, you know, it didn't work out for him, but I, I don't think it was because he was an ex-TNA guy. Um, see, back to the Raw report, we had uh, Mason Ryan, uh, a dominant Mason Ryan, destroying Jobber JTG. You know it's a bad night for JTG when he shows up, because, you know, he's never really officially on the roster. That match was so quick, dude, that when I heard who the match was going to be, I flipped over to the football game, and when over. I flipped back three or four plays later, it was over. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mason Ryan, uh, a guy that I think is going to be a, a huge star in the next two years. I, I'm making my prediction now. If he's not injury prone, they're gonna they're gonna push this guy to the fucking moon. Mason Ryan is going to be the next big thing. Well, they had him all set up to look like he was going to have a pretty decent feud with Dolph Ziggler over that belt, 
and then they pulled them apart and separated them. And now there's really not much left to that. Yeah, true that. Looks like uh, Zack Ryder, woo, 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 is going to go and take the U.S. title away from him. We'll see. I hope. I mean, I hope that opens him up to be a. I hope it opens Dolph up to be a contender for the world title. Well, I you got to get Dolph away from Vicky for a while. I think. Uh, you know, I, I would say a feud with Swagger would be in the works. You know, and have Vicky choose Swagger over Ziggler, thus turning Ziggler face. You know, she screws him over with Swagger. I think would would be the turning point. But you know, I'm not booking the show. We'll see what happens. Next up, we have Alberto Del Rio taking on uh, one half of the current. WWE Tag Team Champions of the World, Kofi Kingston, you know, the one that's not suspended for a drug violation. Uh, and, of course, Alberto Del Rio gets the win via submission. Uh, after the match, you know, Alberto Del Rio still beating down Kofi Kingston. CM Punk comes in uh, after the match, and uh, Del Rio is basically telling Punk that he wants him to cancel their Survivor Series match because of the way that Punk got the match. And Punk talks about how, you know, well, you took opportunities and so did I. The way that I was beaten at, you know, the pay-per-view when you won the the championship at SummerSlam, you know, I took the opportunity that you did, and, and no, I'm not changing it. So uh, there's this brief scuffle in the ring, and uh, Ricardo Rodriguez ends up eating um, a go-to-sleep. <laughs> yeah, eating would be a good word for it. Yes, he does. And, and I don't remember if it was this match, but what match was it where the commentary was just fucking god awful between Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole? They're just back and forth doing fucking fat jokes. They're talking about Vicky Guerrero one minute. The next minute they're fucking talking. Oh, it was, it was the next one. Swagger and Santino. They're fucking fat joking it back and forth. Vicky Guerrero, Jim Ross. Vicky Guerrero, Jim Ross. I, I'm just like, what in the fuck has happened? To, to the commentary. I mean, the line of the night. The line of the night was when Cole goes, "Sui, sui, sui," and fucking the king for a second. He stops. And he thinks and he goes, "You better quit that." Vicky will come over here, and well, he made fucking Cole laugh so hard he was snorting on the microphone. Well, my understanding was that Jim Ross was from Oklahoma and not Arkansas. Woo Pig Sui is the Razorback thing. I know that because right, I lived in Arkansas right. for fifteen years. You know, I mean, that's pretty much where I would really call home. That's where my parents are from. That's where I spent a majority of my life was in Arkansas. And I know that that's the the call for the Razorbacks. It's not having anything to do with the Oklahoma Sooners or Oklahoma. And and he just came across as completely ignorant like he does each and every week. And he he came out of character a couple times during this segment where he's laughing with Lawler instead of being the heel character. It would just it, it it went off the tracks. It just did not work. Yeah. And I think that's the problem they're going to have with Michael Cole. But it was just god awful commentary. Just fucking <laughs> deplorable. And I, and I thought <laughs> I thought funny, that they said this week was going to be Jr. and Cole. And um, now now they're pushing off to another week. They actually yeah. said last week that it's going to be this week. And yeah, tonight they're like, oh, well, it's next week. Well, just don't even fucking do it because I've lost interest in it. I don't really want to yeah, see I, it anyway. I, I wonder. I wonder what the real holdup is. I guess they're trying to figure out a, a good moment to embarrass Jr. Because I mean, that's right. that's the end all be all. Is that right. poor Jr. is going to end up fucking looking like a jackass? I'm sure he will. So next, okay, we had Jack Swagger and Santino Morello. This was obviously revenge from uh, Santino getting a win due to Beaker 
last week on uh, on Monday Night Raw. So Swagger defeats Santino via the ankle lock submission. Haven't we seen that used before? I don't know. I just it just seems so familiar to me, man. I can't. Place yeah, the guy it. that's on the cover of the new uh, King of the Ring DVD. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I typed in the chat room. Holy shit, Kurt Angle got a win tonight. So our next segment on Raw was uh, was a real snooze fest. We have Jerry Lawler um, getting in the ring. He introduces Kelly Kelly, talks about her being on the cover of Maxim. We then see Beth and Natalia come out. And I love Natty, don't get me wrong. I, I've known her for many years. And I consider her a pretty good friend. But she's awful on the microphone. Thank God Beth was out there. Now, 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 did anybody... Trey, you're breaking up. Anybody else get turned on by listening to Beth Phoenix talking her Barbie doll voice? I thought it was. Can you funny. hear me now? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was funny when she was doing the Barbie doll voice. It was good. I'm having a hell. I'm having a hell of a thunderstorm here, so my internet may be going wishy washy. Oh, okay. Um, but no, I thought, man, Beth Phoenix doing that Barbie doll voice that was pretty hot. I hear you. So uh, basically, we have Beth and Natalia get in the ring and confront Kelly Kelly. Uh, which basically prompts Kelly Kelly to say probably the weakest joke I've ever heard in my life. So weak, I can't even really remember what was said. Shouldn't you girls be on the cover of National Geographic or something like that? Yeah, oh, something about I wouldn't come down and interrupt you girls, even if you were on the cover of National Geographic. And I looked at Harmony and I'm like, wow, who wrote that for her? Because that was pretty fucking lame. <laughs> I mean, if that's the best you can come up with, go back to suck cock in the back, Kelly. I mean, come on. Let it go. Wasn't that bad. Let it go. So then we see Alicia Fox and Eve run down and make the save to some fucked up diva sounding music. I don't know. And then of course they unveil the cover. Yay! Great segment. Uh, next segment was probably the second best segment of the night, I think, after the John Morrison, uh, Dolph Ziggler match. Uh, John Laryngitis, as we've been calling him for months, and if, if you notice, Santino called him that last week. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. I'm not saying they got it from us, but we've been saying it for how long now? Quite a while. Quite a while. So John Laryngitis introduces the newest member of the Raw roster, Kevin Nash, who he signed to a contract. And Nash does the promo that I wish he would have done the first time he came back back from the you know, from the brink. Because he owned the old it. NWO music? He owned it. That promo was fantastic tonight. And Nash, I'm telling you, man, the guy is in the best shape he's ever been. Looks, Nash looks fucking good. million bucks. He yeah. never looked that good. Like one and good. I, I do want to mention a tweet that uh, Kevin Nash sent out this week. Maybe in la- early last week, late last week, early this week. Anyway, uh, where he wanted to thank Hunter basically for giving him a chance to feed his family. I thought that was pretty cool of him. Yeah, that was. You know. All all storyline aside, you know. And uh, now we're to the main event. They were supposed to have the debut of Brodus Clay tonight, but that didn't happen. They did show a video package of Brodus Clay, and I think they're going to give him a major push. I think Brodus is going to be Well, they big, better. I mean, he, he's going to be the King Kong Bundy. But again, they announced last week he would debut on Raw this week, and then they shit canned that. I know, I know. It's it's like, yeah, we're gonna have J.R. Crowell this week. We're gonna have Brodus debut. Oh no, we're gonna hold off another week. We're gonna do both of these next week. Next week, when they say they're gonna hold off a week, we'll see what happens. Well, next week is a three-hour show, so 
I, I did, did you catch the backstage? I know I forgot to bring this up. I'm actually seeing this on the replay right now. The backstage segment with CM Punk and Laurinaitis and uh, and Carlton Banks. Yeah. When uh, he says something about, you know, yeah, I hope you don't win the belt because I don't think it would represent the company good to have a guy that looks like he works at a gas station as the world champion. Yeah, he goes, you want unleaded or regular? And then he just knocks the shit out of him. I thought it was great. I think the best part of that was Del Rio throwing him off of uh, a tunga and onto that fucking catering table. Yeah. I mean, he fucking flipped his ass upside down and threw him on his back all in one motion. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So next up, this brings us to our main event of the evening. We have uh, The Miz and R-Truth taking on John Cena and his tag team partner for tonight, Zack Ryder. This was a, a decent match. I thought, you know, Ryder uh, had some pretty good offense. He looked pretty good tonight. The crowd. I think it was a good match. I think they just went, oh, shit, how are we going to end this? We can't exactly. let Cena and them win. We gotta, how are we going to end this? You know, I think it was a rushed ending. Uh, the, the ending comes when Miz pins Cena as R-Truth is holding down the legs, uh, similar to the, uh, <laughs> similar to the ravishing Rick Rude and Bobby Heenan win over the Warrior for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. So it kind of worked in that respect, but, uh, yeah, Ashley brings up a good point. The best, one of the best parts of that CM Punk segment with Otunga backstage was as he's beating the shit out of Otunga, Laurinaitis goes, don't make me take off my jacket. Yeah. He's gonna take his jacket off and get involved. She's looking in the chat room, and uh, this was settled a while ago. Loki says he's uh, Nash is back to being in Diesel shape. No, no, he's he's actually looks better than Diesel. Yeah, I think he looks better than he did when he was Diesel. He's he's leaner than he was when he was Diesel. His arms are jacked. I mean, he is just fucking fantastic shape. I, I you know when I'm that age, I hope I look that good. Yeah, no shit. I, I wish I looked that good now. No, same here, same here. But uh, so that that's raw. I mean, it ended on an interesting note. I mean, obviously. The direction we're headed, you know, Rock's going to be on Raw next week, building to the Survivor Series. Who knows? I mean, if I had to give it a grade, I'd give it a I'd, uh, C plus. I was going to go either B minus or C plus. I'm kind of I'm kind of conflicted. I'm a C pluser on this one. I'll go B minus just based on the fantastic match between Ziggler and Morrison and uh, the Nash promo. I, that's know. why. That's why it got a plus. <laughs> well, I I go B minus. I go I go a step ahead of you there. So who knows what's in store for Morrison? Maybe this is the beginning of a push for him, or maybe it's you know, it's uh, working the internet. Maybe the whole doghouse thing was just a was just an act. It seems like every time somebody's in the doghouse, they get a push. CM Punk's in the doghouse, he gets a push. John Morrison's in the doghouse, he's getting a push. We'll, we'll see. By the same token, John Morrison lost every match since August. MVP's in the doghouse. Then he got a push. <laughs> it is what it is, man. You can't really preface these things anymore. We just don't know. Well, they kind of punished him the way, you know, we talked about the military. You know, they took Morrison and made him lose every match since he was, that he was in since August. And I guess they figure, you know what? The kid keeps coming back. He keeps coming to work. He hasn't said anything on Twitter. He hasn't said anything stupid on an interview. He hasn't done, you know, anything to to give us a black eye or to talk shit about the company. He's just taking the punishment and running. You know, maybe he is one of our guys. All right, well, let's take the punishment on. Let me start building him back up. All right, here we go. Time for a push. True that. True that. So let's go ahead and take our last break. We'll come back, take a few phone calls, read a couple emails, and then we're getting the fuck out of here. So, uh. 
With that being said, the number to call when we come back, 501-588-7957. If you want to send in your emails, do not novelize them. Just make them short, sweet, to the point. You can reach us at WNLShow at Yahoo.com. Well, that said, we'll be right back with more Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. This is Vince Russo. You're listening to Wrestling News Live from the SNS Network. Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. Hey fans, ring announcer Sean Beckerman here. Want to go back in time and relive the greatest and worst in the world of sports entertainment? From all-time favorite matches to the worst gimmicks in pro wrestling, we cover it all. So join us each and every week on the SNS Radio Network as we go beyond the bell. <laughs> Brother. Oh, all right. With the one in Python. Oh, speaking of which, hey everybody, it's uh, William Walkie Walkie here, along with my British co-host, Roller with Across the Pond, and we want to invite you to check out the Elite Sports Podcast, located at www.elitesportspodcast.com. Well, don't do the triple W shit. Why do you do that every time? Why don't you just say it concisely, www? Well, you can find it at www.eatsforcepodcast.com. I just like see, saying that. See, that sounds much better. So much better? We're also located exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones TV Network. We talk about science fiction. In the world of science fiction, of TV, film, and music, and video gaming, and everything else we love to talk about. No shit, Sherlock. So, you can find us weekends and midweeks. With myself, William Walkie Walker, and the most beautiful of all sci-fi and gaming that Philip Mine White Morris on oh, Sunday. Oh, you've got to know everybody's going to love just to tune in for me. 
you are you are the resident angry man at times. I am the resident fucking who gives a fuck. And then on Wednesdays for the midweek, the ha <laughs> Chuck W. As he said, keep you guys updated on some of the news going on as well as sci-fi. So listen to the Elite Force podcast, hosted Wednesdays and Sundays on www. Happy? Yes, I'm Elite happy Force, now. EliteForcePodcast.com, also exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Network. Remember that there are always possibilities. Live long and play longer. He was the youngest undisputed WWE champion in history. He defeated a global box office sensation to win that title. Now, after an extended absence, he's back. And this time, the gloves are off. He's bigger, badder, and better than ever before. Here comes the pain. Only in WWE 12. Don't ever put yourself ahead of anybody else just because of who you are and what you do and what you do. I'm more excited to see where Jeff's going to go than I ever have been in his career. Deep down, I mean, I'm a kind and genuine person. There are very few people I respect in this business, and Jeff Hardy earned that respect for me. Jeff Hardy is, is a father, great husband, and a tremendous son to his father, and Jeff Hardy, the performer, is just going to go out there and give the people whatever he can. TNA Wrestling and Direct Auto Insurance present Turning Point. This is Cowboy James Storm, and you're listening to Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network. And if you don't like that, sorry about your damn luck. All right, guys, we're back right here on Wrestling News Live. <laughs> Almost missed my cue there. On the uh, on that last break, I had to go get some more water, and I was just finishing off my uh, my dinner from tonight. Had a fantastic uh, Mexican fiesta dinner here at the house that I made. With wow, them. that's ironic as hell. Is it really? I mean, I, I made I made uh, soft tacos, and I made the, <laughs> I made I made the world famous JJ queso, which the family goes apeshit. Oh nuts yeah, for. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I still want to get some of that. I I had uh, last night and again tonight what I call uh, the Trade Dogs BFB. Oh yeah, which is short for Trade Dogs Big Fucking Burrito. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and it's just a tortilla with uh, two pounds. I cook two pounds of ground meat. I put the taco seasoning on the meat. And then you lay out your soft uh, taco shell. You cover that with sour cream. You sprinkle the meat on there, some salsa, light lettuce, cheese. Roll that bitch up and eat it as good as shit. I tell you what, man, next time we hang out, next time we get together for something, 
you're going to have to make me one of those burritos, and I'll fucking make some queso. You make the queso, I'll bring the BFB. And we'll have, and my, the, we'll my, have the party. My little nephew was like, my little nephew was like, Uncle Trey? I was about halfway through mine. With me and my brother and my sister-in-law and my one of just one of my nephews was at home tonight, and uh, he says, "Uncle Trey, he's the oldest. He's ten. And I go, "Yeah, what's up, buddy?" He goes, "What exactly is a BFB?" <laughs> Quick dog thing, and I said, "Big freaking burrito, buddy." See, I would have oh, thought okay. we would have said "big fucking bitch." Uh, you know, <laughs> either one, it kind of works, right? I'll just lay this out for you real quick. A day in the life of the dog. I may be getting a new roommate soon. Um, we've never met, but we've talked on the phone a few times. And it's a woman who's coming into town and um, looking for a roommate. And she knows a friend of mine, and they kind of put us together. Well, we started talking, and shit, we got so much in common down to playing World of Warcraft that uh, she asked me if I cooked, and I was like, you know, I do, but I have it in a long time. And I got to thinking about it. I make a mean-ass Frito chili pie, the BFB. I love making sloppy joes. I make some I make some good, unhealthy shit, but it's good. Sloppy <laughs> joe, slop, sloppy joe. I make them extra sloppy because that's how you boys like them. <laughs> oh, man, I think we've got a caller on the phone line. Let's go uh, Let's go to the, the WNL line. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? And I got the munchies now. Yeah, it'll happen. What's up, man. guys? It's Loki07. What's up, guys? Hey, Loki. What's on your mind, man? What's up, brother? Oh, I'm going to talk a little bit about TNA and WWE. Go for it. And, uh, yeah, about what happened with, uh, with Bobby Roode and James Storm. And, uh, Trey, you mentioned that, uh, that they did this before. That, you know, with a breaking the bottle over his head. And, and, and before you mentioned it, I, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, what's James Storm going to do now? Is he going to walk around with an eye patch again? I'm, and then I'm he talked about it, and I was like, holy shit. put on an eye patch. You know, he might put on an eye patch, come back, and next thing you know, he'll be, uh, you know, Johnson Brown in WWE. And then, like, and then you guys said that um, that AJ Styles fucked up his, his ankle, like, so... I just, I don't know, I just, I can feel Jeff Hardy getting the title now. You know, I, I keep hearing rumors that AJ wants to leave. I mean, I don't know how accurate that is, but I've, I would I've love heard, to see him in the WWE. You know, I, I would have too a couple of years ago, but I don't know if now is the time for him. I mean, he should have, like, he's going to be in the sting. The guy that never went to the WWE. Well, yeah. I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know, I don't know about him being in the sting yet. He's got a lot of life left in him. Um, he, he, you know, yeah, he was a lot hotter and a lot pop, more popular a few years back. But I think had he gone to the WWE a few years back, he'd be another Braden Walker. I don't think they'd use him right. Um, I think now that he's a little older, a little more, you know, solid on his game, I think he stands more of a chance of being somebody with age on his side than he did with youth. Right, exactly. I want to see him in Joe. You know, Joe needs to lose like about two bra sizes and then, you know, try out. <laughs> maybe to get him out of that C cup, right? Well, maybe right. they just need to let yeah. him wrestle. He, he can wrestle with a shirt on, whatever his gimmick shirt is he's trying to sell, and he can wear a man's ear. Hey, exactly. Hey, it'll work for Brothers Clay, right? You know, I mean, on the SNS Facebook page, somebody posted, and I, 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 I can't remember who did it. it was if it was Jason Lucan or. 
uh, Kyle Davidson, because, I mean, those guys are always posting something over there. But somebody posted a match from 2001, I think, with, uh, I think it was Funaki and Samoa Joe on, like, WWE Jacked or Velocity. So Joe actually did yeah. uh, work a match in the WWE mm-hmm. for that. And I was like, wow. I mean, looks doesn't look anything like Joe. He was a lot slender, you know. He was wearing, like, a, like a gi-looking thing. I mean, uh, just, you know, definitely uh, a different style match for Joe. Right, I think he ate Swanaki now, and that's what happened. Well, he looks like he ate a small village in Samoa. I mean, I love Joe, I do. I've worked with the guy he, several yeah, times. Yeah, me too, but... But he, he needs to, I mean, you know, I need to lose weight too, but goddamn, you know, I'm not on TV every week. And, exactly, uh, that's my point. You know, I mean, I mean, granted, you know, when you, when you get married, you have kids, you know, I mean, you tend to pack weight on. It's just, that's just life. I mean, I don't, I used to work out religiously. Trey knows this. I would work out fucking four or five days a week. And I'm just, you know, I'm not in the same shape I used to be in. Good, man. You're not training for the Olympics. Fuck it. Well, exactly, exactly. I'm raising a family, man. It's, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, another thing I wanted to talk about was uh, um, Brian Danison or Daniel Bryan, whatever the fuck you call him now. Um, what's the deal with him? What are they going to do with him? I mean, I mean he almost cashed in the, the money in the bank last week. Well, no, he didn't want to cash it in. He, Big Show wanted him to cash it in. Yeah, but he had like a grin on his face. He was going to do it, but then uh, Henry clocked him. See, I don't know what they're going to do with Mark, uh, with uh, with uh, Brian Danielson. I, I I have no idea where this Daniel Bryan thing goes. He's saving his virginity until WrestleMania. Damn. Do we want to see that? I mean, you know, really, they're talking about Sheamus and Henry for Mania. So the only way I see him cashing in money in the bank and actually having a championship match is if he goes against CM Punk. Because I think he's, he's be, going to Mania, the champion. I really think that. They wouldn't do a Ring of Honor match like that. They wouldn't do that for the for the IWC. And you know you know how you'd get around that? Uh, the only way that I can see you getting around that situation is if mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan somehow manages to be the guy to win the Rumble. And rather than use his money in the bank, he gets a guaranteed shot at WrestleMania against the champion of his choosing if he wins the Rumble. Right. And then he has the money in the bank as a backup. I thought about that, but then I was like, nah, they'll probably make Zack Ryder win the Rumble or something. Oh, no, no. Zack Ryder ain't winning the fucking Rumble. I could see see a guy like Mark Henry losing to Sheamus in a broke Mm -hmm. kick and laying there, laying there in the turnbuckle, kind of half-ass setting up laying there. Brian comes down to the ring to cash his shit in, hands in the briefcase, they ring the bell, and Henry gets up and eats him like a grilled cheese sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) That's a nice analogy, Trey. (laughs) As he in WrestleMania, Mark Henry is shaking the ropes and kicking the fucking ring and pissed off that he lost his belt. And little Daniel Bryan's laid over on the mat, all crumpled up, broken in half. Right. Like, hey, for anybody else, like la- last week when Henry was confronting uh, Bryan backstage, didn't, didn't it look like like it was about like a like it was a prison rape scene? Yes. Yes. It was it disturbing. Did. And um, more, dis- more disturbing than you picked up on it. Well, you know, pick up crazy things when you're high. But uh, JJ, um. I want to talk to you about um, Unplugged, man. Um, yeah. You're hurting my feelings. You haven't been talking about Zelda, man. 
Zelda, yeah. Well, see, Sean wasn't on the show this week, so you know, I mean, I I haven't played Zelda in forever. Well, shit, you should have yeah, called but, it Cody Rhodes. And, and uh, yeah, because uh, if you go to the uh, the 25th anniversary site on Zelda, they have like the uh, like you know famous people who play it, and uh, Cody Rhodes they have a video of Cody Rhodes talking about Zelda. That some bitch got the Triforce on his boots, man. Yeah, he's a pimp. <laughs> Yeah, he talks about how he's beat them all except for Zelda number two because he got to the end and had a power failure. Yeah, he was in his dad's office in a power failure. That's just like me with Mario Brothers. When I got to Mario Brothers and my mom came in and unplugged the motherfucker, oh, motherfucker, I was so mad. Oh, I was so mad. Yeah, that's happened to me a couple of times. I was like, what? I just... Back in the day when the you... Fucking console. Back in the day when you didn't save shit. Oh, man. Good times. Oh, yeah, but... So that's it, guys, man. That's all I wanted to talk about. You know, keep up the good work. Peace. All right, man. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. Later, brother. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? What's up, fellas? This is Mike, man. Mike! I knew it was you. What's up, man? What's going on? Hey, Trey, man. I hope you're using lean beef, man. You know that red beef, man. <laughs> Shit, man. Brother, got to eat sometime. Hell. Yeah, but you know, all of us, we in our late 30s, and you know when we turn 40. Well, you know, see... We got we to gotta, we gotta get that prostate exam, so we need to chill out on the meat. See, I'm not having anybody stick two fingers at my butt and make me say Moon River just yet, but I'm, you know... <laughs> I, I, I got to the, I'm to the point now with my schedule, and I hear this radio commercial all the time on my sports radio station that pisses me off, where the guy's trying to hawk some kind of diet drink or some shit. And he says, the most important meal of the day is breakfast, and you've got to eat three square meals. And blah, 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 blah. Fuck off. I don't have time for that shit. I'm a video gamer and an internet radio host. I fucking stay up late and sleep in late, motherfucker. I, I go to work at 3 p.m. I might get out of bed at 2. And when he gets up at 2, he's going to go to Taco Bell and get the biggest fucking burrito and nacho supreme he could fucking get. And he'll well, eat no, that right shit now, at 3 I'm on, in the right, morning. Right now, I'm eating their, right now, I'm on the flatbread, uh, the little flatbread sandwiches they got. Those are pretty good. Although, you know, those are pretty good, actually. Oh, but, J.J., you probably don't even know what this is. He would be in, uh, in Oklahoma. You, they, they, I think they're only in Oklahoma, but there's a restaurant called Goldie's Patio and Grill. I've heard of them, yeah. I uh, left my cell phone there on Saturday night. I had to go back Sunday morning to get it. While I was there, I said, fuck it, just make me another, make me another fucking cheeseburger, but they're the best cheeseburgers in town. Huh. And I ate there twice this weekend, and then Sunday I had a BFB, and tonight I had another BFB, so I'm, I'm good on my ground beef for the week, I think. Yeah, sir, you need to talk to my doctor. She's like a 105-pound Asian lady, and she always talking about, you need to lose weight. I'm like, you 105 pounds, give me a fucking break. I oh, work late. I you big shift. boy. You big boy. You need to stop eating all that meat. You big boy. You know how seconds. Big boy. No, bad for you. I told you I've been working out quite a bit lately, which I have up until this week. I didn't work out a whole bunch. I was busy. But if I had a personal trainer or if I had somebody that could put together a diet for me, I'd follow it. I just don't have anybody willing to do that. And I'm not going to go, you know, spend the money that these celebrities spend on fucking you know, I mean, personal trainers. I mean, I have a menu. It's just hard when I get off at 7 in the morning. 
to go home and eat oatmeal when it's a McDonald's right down the street. Exactly. With, with pancakes and sausage in the eggs, and you get a hash brown with it, you get a biscuit. Ooh, mm. Yeah, if I, got, if I got the money, I'll let somebody else cook for me. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I'm kind of sad, man. I, damn, Trey, I had visions of Alabama, Oklahoma meeting in the national championship. I see our dreams all gone to shit, ain't it? Well... Yes and no. I mean, I still think LSU is beatable. And I think because of the way they played against Alabama, they're really showing their vulnerability. Um, yeah. yeah I mean, they're, 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 they're not an offensive juggernaut. They may have a great defense, but in college, a lot of times, the better offense will beat a defense. And I, I wouldn't be surprised, dude. Mark it down. If a team like fucking Arkansas sneaks in there and beats LSU, I, I would not be surprised at all. Woo, big suey. And if it happens, it's going to throw the fucking college football world upside down. And I'll tell you what, the game of the year, and it sucks that we lost our best player on Saturday, Ryan Broyles, yeah, our All-American yeah, wide true. receiver. That was um, real true, We've got other receivers that could step up like Stills and take his place, and Trey Franks is a good receiver. He's kind of been in the doghouse, but he's paid his dues, and now he's getting to play a little bit. I look with Broyles going down that, that Trey Franks will get to start. Um, he'll, he'll be a good wide receiver for us. It hurts us going into a game with you know Oklahoma State, who is, and I'll say it, they're a great football team this year. But, you know, they're the kind of team that they, 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 they're finally having some success, and their fan base makes me want to fucking throw them under a goddamn moving bus because they, they act like they're the best thing since pussy was invented. The problem is you tell them, you tell them to act like they've been there. Well, they don't know what it's like to act like they've been there because they've never no, been they there. Haven't. No, they haven't. You know, they've never won a Big 12 title. They've never won a Big 8 title. They've never won a national championship. But because they're number two in the nation this year, they think they've got it wrapped up. Well, motherfucker, you got to play against OU one more time. You know, well, one I time at least. I definitely think y'all don't whip their ass because they're not used to being in situations like that. I'm sorry. I think when y'all play them, the pressure's going to kill them. I don't even think well, the game's going to be close. I don't know. They've got, a, they've, they've got a 28-year-old quarterback that's already been through the minor league baseball season with the New York Yankees. So, I mean, he knows pressure. He's not going to give in to pressure. But um, I think all in all, if it comes down to it, Oklahoma can beat Oklahoma State. That gives everybody on the playing field a loss, pretty much. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with the national title game at that point. And I definitely think Bob Stoops kind of knows he needs to win that Oklahoma State game. Uh, his team might start getting just a little bit harder down there in Oklahoma. <laughs> The problem with Stoopsy is he gets us to the big game. He just can't win it all the time. Oh, I'll let him be quiet. He could be running to Penn State. He was up there in the shower playing with little kids. So I tell you what, coach. I'm getting to the point now where I'm about to give up on my Chiefs. I'm hoping we get a coach like Bob Stoops, but one can only yeah, pray. How you let Miami? How you let the Dolphins look bad? Man, I was on a roll. Jesus Christ! I don't know, dude. I. I I was so tired that I watched the first half and said, fuck it, went back to bed. Oh, yeah. I have a chance to congratulate you on your calling. You were Halloween, y'all was off. Congratulations, even though you should give 
some of that money to my choking ass Atlanta Braves. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I actually applied for a job with the Atlanta Braves today. Oh. <laughs> they have... They have a job opening for their radio to their their radio department that covers the games, and uh, they need somebody for backstage interviews and to, to collect sound sound bites for the show. And I applied, so we'll see what happens. Hey man, you should. That'd be great. I can drive up to Atlanta to see you sometimes. It's a two-hour drive away. There you go. Yeah, there you man, go. But, yeah, but let's start wrapping. I know JJ is probably falling asleep. That's the fourth guy. He's finishing off his fucking dinner from now. Oh, are you guys done talking about football? Okay, okay, we're good. <laughs> but, you know, back to the TNA thing you were talking about, I mean, honestly, well, TNA, well, basically, like I said before, that situation, Hogan had them in the corner. Because basically, even though they built Root up for six months, like I said, Hogan, like, if you want me to sign this contract, we need to change the main event. So basically, TNA was stuck. Okay, if we do if we do not change this, Hogan will not resign and he'll end up in the WWE. So basically, I would have pulled his bluff. His bluff. What you what you would done, Trey? Would you just would you well, find him? See, that's the thing is that you know I don't know how much stock I put and Hogan's words over that weekend. I just, I find it awfully ironic that they did this six-month build to put the belt on, well, I mean, and again, they never came out and said that the Bound for Glory winner, or the Bound for Glory series winner was going to definitely be the champion. We just all assumed he was going to be. You know? So, I don't know that they didn't already have plans to do the typical TNA ending of ha ha we fooled you I, I don't know that they ever had plans on putting the belt on Rude I, I don't know that you know they weren't already intending on saying ha ha we got you that's the TNA way I think the Hogan thing was just a smoke screen or a, a bulletproof vest so that when people you know left bound for glory with that sour taste in their mouth or that pissed off attitude towards the fact that, that Angle retained you know, it may have been a way for the company to save face by Hogan saying all that ridiculous shit just 24 hours before the match. You know, it was a way for them to point the finger at Hogan and not TNA. Yeah, but sometimes I think you just have to, I mean, basically, Hogan basically told you what was going to happen. He said, okay, James Storm represent America, Walmart and Bill Drinker, and I think Bobby Roode is more of a heel. So basically, he told you this is what we're gonna do, and I'm looking yeah, like, but then they went right back to what they were originally gonna do and put the belt on Rude. So I mean, for for all intensive purposes, what good was it for them to do what they did for a two week pause on putting the belt on Rude? What was the reason behind a two week delay? Well, then, like you said, they got it in reverse. I think uh, James Storm should be the heel because Bobby Rude was over. I'm sorry. You built him up. You did the right way. He was over with the fans. I mean, Yeah, but so. I, think, I think in a situation, though, where you take the two of those guys at face value for what they are as a tag team and beer money, and you can, if, you, if you put both of them up in an 8x10 photo in front of me and you said, all right, look, one of these two guys needs to turn on the other one for a heel turn. Who do you turn? 
I think it's a lot easier to turn rude on Storm than it is to turn Storm on rude because for what you and Hogan both said, you know, James Storm represents the beer-drinking, blue-collar wrestling fan American. That Everybody is already behind him. His promos are all babyface-style promos. He doesn't know how to be a good heel yet, I don't think. I think Bobby Roode has been a heel with Team Canada. He's been the face of Team Canada. He was a heel when he left Team Canada, and he had Tracy Brooks as his secretary. I think it's a much easier transition to have Roode turn on Storm than it is to have Storm turn on Roode. You know, I want to say this real quick. I think that one dynamic that could really pull this thing together and make it work is the promo work that Roode's going to do because I would – I was someone that when they tried to make Rude a big deal, even though they, they kind of failed at it, because they debuted him and had his search for a manager on the fucking pre-show to one of the pay-per-views. I can't remember which one it was. Don't really care. Bound for Glory. Was it Bound for Glory? I was there. Okay, so instead of doing it on the main show and really making a big deal out of it, they did it on the pre-show. But I think that where this is really going to excel between Rude and Storm, and again, I haven't really watched the product, but... If it were me and I were Bobby Roode being thrust into this heel persona as the champion, I think I would have to cut promos talking about how I was doing just fine on my own and then I was put in a situation where I had to carry this guy to a tag team championship. And because of me, James Storm, uh, you know, became one of the, became part of one of the best tag teams ever in, in the history of the business and really play off the part that he held that team together, that he carried it on his back. And I really think that's going to go far as far as, you know, really taking that character to the next level for him. Let me ask you a question. And you'll know my, you know, you, you'll know my answer the minute that I ask the question what I think. But I'm going to try to leave my personal feelings out of this. Um, let's say, let's say that Rude comes out and cuts that promo. Let's take it a step further. I mean, let's really book this. What do you say? Then with all that's going on in TNA right now, Storm shows up on Thursday. They start the show with him getting out of a limo, holding that belt, pulling his little, you know, suitcase behind him. And he's kind of talking shit into the camera as he's being, you know, like, you know, I'll talk to you later. This really isn't a good time. I got business to take care of, blah, 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 blah. And the camera watches him walk off to really set the heel in motion. Which, I mean, it, it might not work because uh, the fact that, that, that uh, Mrs. Jarrett, Karen Jarrett, is such a bitch. But wouldn't it be awesome to see Rude walk back into her office and just kind of walk in and grab Tracy by the arm and say, come on, let's go, we got business to take care of, <laughs> you know, and put those two back together, you know? Yeah. I, I would yeah. like to see the two of them together again. To save Tracy out of that stupid fucking angle that she's in right now, because I think it's retarded. Nobody works against their will in a situation that fucking badly, number one. Number two, I'd like to see Rude come out and cut an amazing promo, just like J.J. said. I had to carry this guy, I had to carry fortune, blah, blah, blah. Now, my question is to you, and like I said, I'm going to try to separate personal feelings. Keep in mind we're trying to buy some time to sell Storm's injury. That night, Kaz comes out and says, you know, I'm the only one left in fortune. You know, this wasn't a fight I was looking for, but I guess as a man, sometimes you got to fight fights you're not ready to fight. Um, 
you know, I'm going to try to knock some sense back into you. I'm challenging you for that belt, blah, 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 blah. Sting comes out, makes the match happen. All right, let's say Rude gets the best of Kaz and beats him down and to where Kaz is going to have to sell an injury. That takes all the members of Fortune out of it. Let all those guys sell their injuries and, and regroup. Do you think it would work? If it, it, I think it's all 100% based on Rude's promo work. But do you think it would work if Rude were to go out and cut that awesome fucking promo and then talk more shit after he beats down Kaz about how he took out Fortune from the inside, blah, 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 he's the champ, blah, 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 blah. Do you think it would be a good idea to bring in Chris Harris to fight for his partner, his old partner, James Storm? No. Well, yeah, I, I think it, oh, oh, I, I, I don't. I don't think that they brought Chris Harris back. I don't they know. They were giving him a good chance, though. When they brought him back that last time, that was a fucked up way of doing it. You and I discussed how they fucking butchered that. Yeah, but, I mean, he wasn't in great shape either. No, and I don't know that he is now. I do know that he still has ties to TNA. I know that he's still, you know, around the TNA people. And uh, apparently, according to Crelly, he's dating uh, SoCal Val. So, I mean, he's got an in if he was able to pull it off. I don't know what kind of shape he's in. I know that the whole Braden Walker thing totally fucked his career. I know that. Yeah. You know, but, I, and, and I, I think it's a downgrade, too, if you bring in Harris to kind of take up for Storm, and then the end game there is to put those two back together. I mean, it's insulting now that, you know, Storm has been the world champion Let's reform America's Most Wanted at this point. I, I'm not saying they reform America's Most Wanted. Okay. I mean, but they will have to have uh, rules go over him to make him look, look dominant. And then, see, I don't think it would be a bad idea because basically, if AJ Styles hurt, the, the way I think they're going is they want Rude to fight TNA originals. That's why, you know, AJ Styles, uh, James Storm. I mean, but with AJ Styles going, how many spaces are it left? For him to fight now, from what well, I heard, the new writer he won't he won't really him to go on the battle with like TNA original like homegrown problems. And AJ Styles getting hurt, who you have? Because I heard they don't want Jeff Hardy in the picture for a minute unless you bring in Crimson. I know he's homegrown, but basically the way they want to go is because all of them bitching and such saying, "Man, why are they screwing on the original like this?" They really want James Storm to take on a lot of the original faces who've been with TNA from the beginning. So I think if you would bring him in and let James Storm get over on him, that will make him look good because you're not going to let Chris well, Harris win the belt. In that weight it's class, that though, I mean, thing. in that weight class of heavyweight champion considerable people, there's not a whole lot of TNA originals left. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. That's why when you said bring in Chris Harris. I and I would only bring in Harris just to buy some time for yeah. the, the fortune guys to sell their injuries and come back. But see, my problem with that, and, and Mike, we're going to have to let you go in a second. My problem with that is that you can't, and, and I, I don't like it when WWE does this either. You know, I bitched and I pissed and I moaned about the fact that we've been hearing for months and months, ever since WrestleMania, that the main event for next year's WrestleMania was going to be Rock and John Cena and that the title was going to be involved. You cannot bring a guy who has not been wrestling for the company in 
and put them right. in a situation where they should get an instant fucking title shot. I mean, I understand he'd be taken up for for James uh, for James Storm, but it's still essentially putting him in a number one contender spot when he doesn't belong there. Same right. with the well, Rock. My, my my biggest thing though is outside of uh, the Fortune guys, if he's a heel, and he'd have to be for what he's done to Storm and what he will eventually do to Kaz to take out Fortune. Because if AJ's as hurt as they say he is, he's not coming back anytime soon. You know, um, where where do they go from there? Who's left? No, I I agree with you. I agree with you, Mike. Thanks for the call, man. We gotta let you go. All right, fellas, take it easy. All right. No, I agree with what you're saying, Trey. I I just I don't know at this point. I mean, unless you put Joe back in that place, or you do something with Matt Morgan, or some other guy. I mean, somebody has to to earn a number one contendership. I I'm, I'm not a big fan of. Oh, hey, it's AJ Styles. He's the number one contender this week. Oh, yeah, because I'm in fortune, right. you know? Right. That's kind of ridiculous. It's kind of redundant. You know, if anybody has, Kaz, a, has a bitch. Kaz, the Kaz situation books itself. I think that has to happen. Yeah. I mean, if AJ is hurt, yeah, then I would say by process of elimination, you know, Kaz would have to be that guy. But, I mean, I just, you know, the whole point of having a championship is to have number one contenders for that championship. You just give it. I to was any. also I was also in the impression after uh, the week before's impact, they made a big deal out of having a backstage segment between Kazarian and Christopher Daniels, who's back as the fallen angel by himself. Right. And Kaz was talking about, hey, you know, I got this new house. I want you to come to my house, and we're going to talk things out and squash this thing between you and AJ. I had a feeling that moment that somehow. Daniels was going to lure Frankie out of fortune and get Frankie to be on his side. Yeah. And they didn't do anything with it last week, so they may have squashed it. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. We're going to take one or two more calls, and then we're, we're getting uh, we're getting out of here. We're going to take some emails and, and then get out of here. But uh, welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? JJ Bronx. What's up? What's up, dude? Yeah, man. I just want to say, Trey. I'm with you, man. You know, I don't give a shit. I'm a red meat guy, fucking tacos and cheeseburgers. <laughs> I'm all about that, dude. You know what, man? When God wants me, he's going to take me, so I don't give a shit about the heart attack. But I'll tell you, you invited me to come out there, and, and that may happen someday. But, you know, you ever come here to New York, man, have my mama cook you an Italian dinner? Dude, I guarantee you will be happy. <laughs> Mamma mia. I mean, I never oh, want to yeah. leave. But, uh, you know, getting into the whole, you know, TNA thing, you know what, everybody talks shit on TNA, and I do too. I'm not going to lie, you know, when they deserve it, I, I tell them what I need to tell them. But at the end of the day, how excited are you really about Survivor Series right now? I'm really not. I did hear today there is going to be a traditional five-on-five match. But, I mean, you're you're already doing... Cena and Miz and Truth every week. I mean, okay, you're adding The Rock to it, and that, of course, is going to, you know, gain interest. But unless you do something major at the pay-per-view where The Rock and Cena, one of them really screws the other, to me, it's not a big deal because even tonight, even though Truth and Miz won, they still didn't really look that strong to me. They don't look like a threat that warrants bringing back The Rock. I mean, come on, man. Well, you know? you're right. And, and, you know, you, you talk about your excitement from the Survivor Series in a whole. 
you know, what sold me on Survivor Series in the past as a kid was what five guys would team up and why, who the captains were going to be, and all the great promo work that was done between the teams leading up to the Survivor Series. That's what sold me on it. Now it's just one, one, we just got one of those matches, and, and neither one of them are going to start cutting promos on each other yet? Not really. Well, I mean, what else was was epic about it was in that type of match, you would have a situation where sometimes you would have two guys on five or even one guy on five. I mean, was it the big boss man who came back and it was like one on four and beat four guys? That was the cool shit about Survivor Series, man. Yeah, and the, and the thing was is that you know they took what was on TV, they took the feuds that were going in and happening already, and they just brilliantly took five guys and put them together who happened to be feuding with the five other guys they put together, and that was what made them. That was what made the show for me. And they don't do that anymore. They haven't in a while. Well, you know what else was cool? Do you remember Trey and JJ when the Survivor Series would actually be on Thanksgiving night? To me, that was kind of cool, man. You got together with the family. You had a nice dinner, you yeah. know, and, and I would sit together with my uncle and everything. We'd order the fucking Survivor Series, and it was always a food fight, a Thanksgiving-themed, you know, thing to it. I understand why they don't do it on Thursday nights anymore. You know, people are eating. People are trying to get home, and, and you may not get the buy rates you used to get, but that Football. made it special, too. Yeah, tr true that, but it was... You know, it was that Thanksgiving-themed pay-per-view. It was like, you know, J.J. mentioned on the Causecast a few weeks ago, Halloween fucking Havoc. It was the Halloween pay-per-view. It had a theme to it. I'm I'm not that stoked about Survivor Series. You know, I, I can remember back in the day watching Survivor <laughs> Series, even if I didn't watch it live on Thanksgiving, going and renting the, the, the pay-per-views from Blockbuster or something oh, yeah. on VHS. You know, stuff where you had, you know, Rowdy's Roddies versus the Rude Brood, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's what made the pay-per-view. You had all these crazy fucked up names, you know, that they that they just kind of gave up on. Now it's like, you know, for example, the five-on-five five they have scheduled now, it's Team Orton versus Team Barrett. And why are they captains? I mean, why all of a sudden is Orton captain of one team and Barrett? I mean, did I miss something? Are they in a feud now? That's why it's, it didn't make any sense to me. It just changed, man. It, it, you know, it's just not the same. You know, it's like... Survivor Series, it seems like that the gimmicked pay-per-views are over the top and the traditional pay-per-views aren't as gimmicked as they should be. Survivor Series should be five on five. You know, you should have at least a few. I, I don't mind a couple singles matches, but you should have at least two or three. You know, it seems like now that they have these bullshit pay-per-views in between the big four and it actually takes away from the big four because you're doing so much crazy shit. I mean, we're going to have Survivor Series, and then what's after Survivor Series? TLC? Well, why is Survivor Series special when I have a pay-per-view now with tables, ladders, and chairs? It's, it's you know, they've really kind of downgraded them. I agree 100%. No doubt about that one, my friend. No doubt. What else on your mind, man? Uh... Not much else. Uh, I got my John Cena haircut today. I got my short shit rocking. But uh, other than that, uh, that's about all I got to say. And, I, I uh, swear to God, if I fucking see a picture of you wearing John Cena's latest swag with the fucking haircut, I'm going to fly to fucking New York City and bitch slap you to fucking hell. Well, I was going to ask him what it looked like, but he wouldn't know anyway. 
Ah. You will you will see a picture of me dressed as Big Dick Johnson before you see me dressed as John fucking Cena. He's got to he's got to take the barber's word for it. If that's the case, I don't want to see a picture of you. Period. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> From one extreme to the other. No, thank you, man. We'll pass. As 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 Gandalf said in Lord of the Rings, you shall not pass. Oh yeah, that's right. I went there. That's right, baby. Did you? Uh, are you a true fan? Did you read the books or just saw the movies? I uh, no, I never read the books. I just I remember seeing the animated movie when I was younger, mm-hmm. and then I saw the first two at the theater, like the the latest set of trilogy, and I still haven't seen all of the third one. Believe it or not, Return of the King. I haven't seen all of it yet. Oh, dude, see Return of the King and read the books and read The Hobbit to your daughter. See, I'm, I'm, in, I'm into fucking Jedis and shit. I'm not into fucking Hobbits, okay? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's me. I, I just, you know, guys that can use the Force and have a fucking lightsaber as, a, as opposed to fucking Frodo's short people with fucking big hairy feet and big hairy hands. You know why they got big fucking hairy hands. I mean, think about it. Well, I'll tell you what. You, you read Lord of the Rings or, or watch the movies and in your mind compare it to Star Wars, and there are some comparisons. You, you know, know it, just, really, the, out there. it's the same reason that you're blind. I mean, you know, think about it. Hobbits, you know, just think about it. It's all good, man. It's all good. Yeah, whatever, man. I'm, it's late. I'm tired. I'm going to go. I'm not in the mood for a response, but... Uh, oh, come on, man. You, you, know, we, you know we love you. We like you, Bronx. Just not a lot. It's, like, like, pl- it's like playing with a campfire. You're the one that's going to piss the bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, you know what? If you can make burritos, man, I may have to rethink uh, coming out there, man, because you know I like hey, man, fucking I, burritos. <laughs> I make good, bur- I make good burritos. I make good Frito chili pies. I make great fucking uh, sloppy joes. You know, you know, you know what? You know what the uh, the antithesis the antithesis for this whole trip would be? Just the fact that when Bronx goes to sleep at night. Trey gets the fucking shaving cream and the fucking toothpaste out when he goes to bed and fucking lathers him up real good. <laughs> I'm going to hit him on, my, on the head with my microphone like this while he's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> fucking warm water, toothpaste, fucking shaving cream. Wake up, Broxy. It's time for a lesson. You know, so many people have told me about that joke. Does that shit really work that if you put someone's hand in warm water while they're sleeping, they piss themselves? <laughs> I, I've heard that it works. I've never done it, but I mean that—that's uh, like you know. But you know what? I, I, I guess I guess the groups of people I hung out with knew that if they put my hand in water and I did in fact piss myself, that it was going to be funny for a little while, but then it was going to be not so funny when I whooped their ass. <laughs> <laughs> so but, at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself: watching me piss myself or toting an ass whooping, which one would you take? Well. Yeah, but at the end of the day, man, I mean, you know, I, I was with you with Kelly Kelly for a while, but I've seen a few pictures of her in a bikini, man, and I'm like, damn, you know, the chick needs some weight. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't fuck her, but I can see well enough to know the bitch needs. Some I don't know weight. how much my dick. I don't know how much my dick weighs. I know about how long it is. I got that much meat to give her. Damn. So uh, I mean, she can eat an apple while we're fucking. I don't care. It's just as long as I'm fucking her. <laughs> well, you know what, man? You you bring her to your your apartment. And you fatten her ass up. You make her some of them super burritos you make. You yeah. know, get a little bit of meat on the bitch, and then like uh, you know, okay, baby, let's go. But uh, little skinny for me, man. 
Well, I like a little meat on the bones. That's all we need is fucking Kelly Kelly running around Trey's apartment with, with a fucking big gut and fucking barefoot. Trey keeping now, her barefoot since pregnant. you running around my apartment very long. I hear that. I got rid of one girlfriend because she got as big as a middle linebacker. <laughs> damn. Damn, I told her. Hey, sorry. Sorry about your damn luck, but, you know, you Wait, sit on your ass and you get fat. You don't turn me on. I don't want to fuck you. You go out. See ya. Wait a minute. No fucking way. You actually told the bitch. Listen, you're putting yeah. on some weight. You got it. <laughs> I did. I also told a bitch one time after we were fucking, she kept comparing me to her ex-boyfriend. So I told her to get out of bed and get the fuck out. About 10 minutes later, she come back to my room and said, but you picked me up. I threw a 20 at her and said, take a cab. Well, you know, you know what you tell her. You, you know, your ex-boyfriend ain't fucking you now, baby. It's me. So, you know what? You, you better deal with the dick I'm giving you, or you can go back to the motherfucker. That's what I tell her. I think because I've done so many crass things in my life that my karma's fucked up the way it is. Oh, so you're saying karma got fucked up by you? Uh, no, not that karma. Oh, okay. Just wanted to clarify that. You know, we don't want a little, you know, black baby with a cowboy hat and a cigarette running around. I'm a lot of things, but a fat bitch thriller ain't one of them. Are you talking about Darius Rucker? Who? <laughs> Darius Rucker. <laughs> Let her cry. Formerly of Hootie and the Blowfish. He's now a country star. She's old Alarid. But, but that's cold. I could just imagine you telling the bitch. Well, well, I mean, it, didn't exactly, it didn't exactly go down that way. I mean, it was one of those things where she said, we need to talk. And I said, what do you want to talk about? All right, who Why haven't we been having sex? Well, because you're fat as a middle linebacker. And you don't turn me on anymore. <laughs> we are so going to fucking I mean, play some Hootie and the Blowfish for Song of the Night. I don't know what yet. We're gonna play don't, fucking ask, don't, don't fucking ask questions you don't want answers to, I guess. you know. Well, it's oh, like the, the way you do it, you know, you just tell the chick, listen, I can't tell if I'm in, you know, the pussy or one of the folds. So, you know, what you know, what do you want me to I do? Mean, it wasn't. It never got to that extreme. I mean, oh, okay. I... I <laughs> any any bitch that has a fold on her body has never dated me. But I mean, when it gets to the point where I can wear your pants, you got to go. <laughs> I mean, Damn. when I'm on top of you, I want to be the biggest thing in the bed. I don't want to be the fucking. I don't want to be your fucking equal. Anyway, I, I think this this conversation got off topic. We we're just talking about Kelly Kelly need a little bit of beat, not a whole fucking lot. Of beat. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Although, rumor is, she does have a whole lot of meat in the locker room. I mean, if I get out of bed after fucking you and I can't tell your pants for mine, you need to go get on a fucking weight loss program. That's just the bottom line. Oh, damn. Yeah, uh, Trey was breaking out the auto tools and reinforcing the bed and shit. He was like, baby, I can't afford rivets anymore. You got to go. <laughs> but then again, there's a reason why I'm 36. I'm single and I have no kids. I'm very particular about who I put my dick in. Well, me too. I just don't want any kids because I can't afford them, and I don't want to become a bum ass motherfucker who has kids and can't afford them. So that you can't you can't see him to chase him down. On that note, I think I thought been... I told you. To, I thought I told you to go to the corner, and the motherfucker standing in the middle of the room. I am, Daddy. All right, good boy. <laughs> well, on that note, Bronx, you got got. Well, you know what the blind man said when he passed the fish market, right? Hello, ladies. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, you guys have a good night. All right, Bronx, talk to you later. Peace. All right, that is going to do it for the phone calls for tonight. We got some emails we need to wrap real quick and uh, get things going. So I, I, I guess I'm going to have to go look up some Hootie and the Blowfish here in a second. 
Okay. Any any requests for Hootie and the Blowfish? I mean, um, uh, from Hootie, I like um, Time. Okay, the song good. Time. Yeah, you can do Time. That's probably my favorite Hootie. I like Hold My Hand. Let Her Cry is a good one. Let Her Cry is good. Hold My Hand is overplayed. It is overplayed. You're right. I'm actually enjoying Darius's like fucking single stuff, man. I like his country shit a whole lot better than hitting a blowfish. He's got, he's got. The, I mean, but I'm a country music fan. Goddamn, so. I, I fucking hate to sound like an emotional piece of shit, but goddamn it, he's got that one song where he talks yeah. about talks about the kid growing up, and every time I hear that motherfucker, it just brings a tear to my eye because it, because yeah. I'm living that shit every fucking day, you know. With Lexi, I mean, she's she's gonna be five in February, dude. I, where did the time go? You know, no I've shit. I've been with her since day fucking one. You know, the minute she came out of the womb, I was there, and I haven't left her since. You know, and I've watched her grow. And so when he starts talking about you know go, the kid going to school and then oh man, that shit just tears me the fuck up. Yeah. Such a such a just hitting close to home song. I'd like to find the time to do that country music shit that I was doing on the other on the other network over here. I just don't have the time. I miss playing music and taking requests and talking between songs. Yeah. True that. But let's go ahead and jump into emails because while everybody else is playing Warfare 3, I'm going to try to play some Battlefield. Well, there you go. Might might happen. All right, let's go ahead and hit the email sounder. I got mail! Yay! I got mail! Yay! Of course you have an email, you idiot! Just read it! Uh, this first one comes to us from TJ. Uh, JJ and Trey, long-time archive listener, first-time emailer. Hey, guys, just wanted to let you know how much I enjoy the show and all the other shows and hosts on the SNS Radio Network. I've been an archive listener of the show for a while now, ever since you were on another site. I was introduced to your show because I listened to Andy's Pro Wrestling Rewind on that same site. Then it went VIP, and the Rewind left that site. I was bummed. It wasn't until I searched the net and found that the rewind had had landed and it was led to SNS. And I'm glad I found you guys again. All the shows on the network are great. All the hosts are great. And you two, by far, are the most entertaining show to listen to. I enjoy your thoughts, opinions, and humor on wrestling as a whole. I enjoy the other members of the SNS family who call in on a regular basis as well. The report you have with your listeners, I think, is remarkable and unmatched. For me, one of the best things about your show is that I can relate to the two of you and your opinions. I'm in my mid-30s, been a wrestling fan since the 80s, and love that you guys don't rip on the product as much as the other wrestling radio shows. Sure, you have things you dislike about WWE and TNA, but you explain why you don't like it and how they could have done things better. And simply not shit on them because it's the cool thing to do. You give them credit when credit is due. But most of all, I enjoy the show because you two are the fans of wrestling first and radio show host second. <clears throat> I greatly appreciate the time and energy you and everyone else in the SNS network put into every show. For me, when I get to listen to WNL or the other shows, it's just like watching the WWE. It allows me to get away and forget about how bad a day or week I've had and temporarily forget about the things that stress me out. So for that, I thank you both. Hopefully... I didn't ramble too much. Keep up the great work. TJ, Omaha, Nebraska. 
Wow. That is, uh, from, from my standpoint, that is probably the number one reason why I still do this. And it's because of the relationship I have with the fans and uh, the rapport with the fans. And um, JJ and I have talked about this off the air a million times if we've talked about it once. And we have both said that, you know, if for nothing more than two or three hours a week, JJ's case sometimes, you know, six hours a week, seven hours a week, eight hours a week, if we can get you to escape your reality, however good or bad it is, and just have a good laugh and enjoy, like in my case, the three hours of the week that I'm on the air, I'll speak for myself. You know, if I can get you to laugh and get you to enjoy life and forget about your problems for three hours a week, that's what I'm here for. No, I'm with you. I, I agree with that. And, you know, I, I like the fact that we get emails like this all the time. You know, it's not every week that we get an email like this, but when we get them every so often, I mean, it, it just, and we're hearing from people we've never heard from before, it kind of validates what we do. You know, I, I I lead no you know illusions that I'm some big rock star or something that's doing something. I'm I'm a guy with a microphone who's passionate about professional wrestling, who wants you know I just wanted I want to talk about things. You know, I want my opinions out there, right. and that's what Trey and I do. And you know, <laughs> Sean sent me a private message, prick. I thought you continued to do this because you love me, and I said I'd love you even more if you'd have got me a copy of Modern Warfare Three. <laughs> <laughs> No doubt. Uh, we do have another email here. Uh, it's, well, our good friend the Black Man strikes once again. It's the motherfucking Black Man back in this biatch. Explain this to a dark motherfucker. The chief operating officer shit with Triple H. Now, I thought he was fired as the CEO. Last week, he reminded us he was still the COO. But it's like he don't have no power. I mean, your boy was the COO before and couldn't wrestle freely. Now that he's relieved of his duties, he somehow is still the COO. But can he wrestle as he pleases? Is is he not? Is he or is he not the COO? See, I thought they gave him the job to your boy Johnny Ace, but all he is is the interim Raw GM. Why does it seem like he has more power than the COO? Makes sense for this shit for your boy. What the fuck did Vince really do when he relieved Triple H of his duties? I'm missing something I, here. WWE fucking he, up. I think he just—I think he just released him of his general manager powers. Well, basically, I—the way I understand it was, he stripped him of being in charge of Raw and SmackDown. Teddy Long is now in control of SmackDown. Johnny Laurinaitis or John Laryngitis or whatever you want to call him, one half of the dynamic dudes, Johnny Ace, is interim. The interim GM. Of Raw, but Triple H is right. technically still considered the COO, which is kind of stupid because, you know, like Triple H makes all the day-to-day options. He does all the deciding factors on all the day-to-day shit. But when it comes time for the televised product, he he doesn't have any power. Exactly. I don't know. I'm just as confused as you, man. It is. It is what it is. It's WWE. So I mean, <laughs> the end of the day, we don't really know what to say. But I guess supposedly he is still the COO, technically. 
He just doesn't have the power to dictate what happens on Raw and SmackDown now. Right. He's lost that. So, uh, our final email for tonight. This one comes to us from DJ. Short, sweet, to the point. Raw sucked. WWE needs to quit showing the WrestleMania 27 commercial during every Raw. What, isn't it 28? Survivor Series better not be a letdown, but I only see The Rock being in the ring for about 15 minutes, and Cena, he'll turn to follow. WWE 12 looks fucking awesome. I'm going to make Cena lose all of his matches. Modern Warfare 3 looks decent. Triple H versus Kevin Nash better be a 60-minute Iron Man match. Oh, that's all we need. The two guys that blew out their fucking quads. We need them in a 60-minute match. Yeah, no, DJ. That's not going to happen. Uh, China fucks horses for a living. Okay. Have a good night. Glad to hear you guys again after two weeks. DJ. Good email. All right. Let me make sure I don't have any more here. Let's see. Beckerman sent me one about the latest Beyond the Bell. Sean and I are talking on the side here. He said they had 300-plus copies at midnight that they got rid of of uh, Modern Warfare 3. Unreal. I know I said this on the uh, the Facebook page the other day, but uh, and I know you kind of backed my play on this, Trey, but I, I do want to send out congratulations to uh, the network's Sean Beckerman of Beyond the Bell. He recently uh, had a child. Well, his wife recently had a child. So Bryce Beckerman was brought into the world a couple weeks ago. So congratulations to the Beckermans on uh, their little bundle of joy, Bryce. Yeah, congratulations for sure. Another family member added to the... Beyond the Bachelorhood! (laughs) Yes. Beyond the Bachelorhood. All right, so that's going to do it for the emails. So I tell you what. I am going to track down Time by Hootie and the Blowfish. I'm going to sing along. I'm just telling you in advance. That's fine. Anything you want to cover before we get out of here? I just want to say that, you know... The WWE product is letting us down a little bit right now, and the Survivor Series isn't what it used to be. It's not what we grew up a fan of. You know, I think it's going to work itself out to be an okay show, number one. Number two, before we all drop trial and take a big dump on TNA, let's see where they're going. Again, as much as we were negative on TNA in some spots of the show tonight. There's a lot to be positive about as well. Um, the thing about it is, you know, again, sometimes the, 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 the negatives outweigh the positives. What I'm looking forward to, hopefully, is we get a good Thursday impact, a good promo out of Robert Roode, and a sense of direction of where they're going to go from here. And I think that's what we're missing right now. I think once we get that, with all things being said, again, I thought Impact was the best show of the three major shows this last week. Um, and I'm not alone when I say that, so at least it's not the TNA Homer in me saying that. It's you know kind of the substantial thought across the Internet. Let's hope that continues, and every time that does continue, it's a win for us and a win for professional wrestling. So before you go shitting on something, just... You know, weigh the good and the bad. Be honest. Give your honest opinion. Nobody's asking you to lie for anybody. But, you know, at the end of the day, let's let's all try to stay positive and see what happens. I, w- I would agree with that. I mean, you know, I haven't been watching TNA. I'm following to see what happens, obviously. I read about what's going on. But 
again, I wasn't a big fan of this uh, whole Robert Roode getting shafted and then giving the belt to James Storm and then going back with Robert Roode. It, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but, you know, I mean, hey, let's see where they go. I just I think they hot-shotted it a little too quickly, just a bit. But who knows? This could be a big angle for them. It, it could work out. See where it goes. And I guess this Sunday it looks like we've got a TNA pay-per-view turning point. Which means, Trey, are you with me? Yeah, it means that the TNA crew will be in the house. That's right. It'll be uh, Mark the Shark DiCarlo and, of course, Slick Rick. And, of course, uh, the outlaw of the IWC, the Trey Dog, covering all the action that uh, TNA brings you at turning point. <clears throat> and I guess before we get out of here, I, I haven't been to the, the site in the last couple of days, but have they started putting up at the WrestlingRadioAwards.com, have they started putting up the shows that are up for awards to, to vote for? Um, let me think. Or is it just still the nomination? The period? drop down, the drop down menu, or not the drop down menu. You you have to go in and put what you like and what you're voting for. They haven't put the individual shows in or anything like that yet. I don't think. As always, when they do, just just interview thus far, I believe. Okay. Um, as always, when they do start the interview pro, when they do start the uh, voting process, you know, you guys can vote once a day. You only vote once in a 24 hour period, so. Don't vote multiple times. Just do it once in a 24-hour period. And don't forget, you know, I'm not trying to, to sway you guys, but I've, I've heard a lot of conflicting things. I don't want – we've had so many great interviews that what I'm afraid of is we're going to start having, like, a lot of people vote for this interview and a lot of people vote for this interview, and it's going to split the vote. And when I think of in terms of, to me – the best male interview that we've done this year, hands down. I mean, and, and there's some really good ones. But to me, hands down, male interview of the year, we killed it. Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, just given the fact that we had a fantastic rapport with him, you know, from the minute he was on the phone line, from the intro that we had him on, he loved it. The fact that he gave us 75 minutes of his time. When he does you realize do. that he and I sit on Twitter and talk back and forth for about an hour the other day? I heard about that. I mean, <laughs> the fact that, you know, he doesn't do interviews more than 15, 20 minutes. And we got 75 minutes out of him, and it was an epic interview. Yeah. I, I mean, I was shocked as shit. I just I sent him a tweet. He sent one back. I sent him one back. He sent me one back. I sent him one back. He sent me one back. Next thing you know, 30 minutes later, I was like, holy shit, I'm just sitting here chatting away with Sean Michaels. So, I mean, if I had to tell you guys one interview for male of the year that, that I want to see win it more than anything, it was awesome for Kurt Angle last year to win it, but hands down, i got to say Shawn Michaels, guys. Yeah. That's the one I'm throwing my support behind. Me too. And female interview of the year, I want to spread the love, and I want Andy Knowles to get the Mickey James interview as, as the female interview of the year. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I, I just I, I think that would be awesome for Andy. But anyway, just you know, keep things keep things open. Nominate who you want. I know a lot of people are saying they love the DDP interview. Uh, Trey and I both love the the Outsiders interview, but I, I I really think you know even the Piper interview was fantastic. But to me, the one that I never thought I'd get is the Shawn Michaels interview. So I tell you what, it's time we're going to wrap things up here. And uh, like I said, 
throw your support behind us here for Wrestling News Live for show of the year when they do when the voting is up, because we have the opportunity of doing something that nobody else has done, and that's tying for a four-time show of the year with getting a ring. Exactly. And we want to surpass that. Exactly. So, just keep uh, keep an eye on what's going on over at the WrestlingRadioAwards.com. Always check AudioWrestling.com. Don't forget to go check out Wrestling-Online.com for your latest news. If you haven't signed up for the newsletter, what are you waiting for? You get it multiple times a week for free. You don't even free. need to go to those news sites anymore. It comes to you. So sign up and join 27 thousand other wrestling fans the way to go folks don't forget our partners over at headlocks to headlines.com they just turned two years old crelly now has a toddler <laughs> in the terrible twos terrible twos man uh that being said rest of the shows this week i'm back tomorrow night right here on the sns radio network because the cause cast has proudly come back to the sns radio network yeah um, I've got something in the works. I don't know if it's going to happen this week. Probably not. I haven't spoke with Charles and the other person, but uh, we will be bringing a new show to the SNS Radio Network that's looking like it might be on Thursday nights. That's all I'm going to tell you right now, but it's going to be huge. It's going to be a big deal. I think it's really going to draw in a lot of things for this network. So stay stay posted to that. Maybe I'll have more information tomorrow night on the Causecast. Once I get some verification. Uh, this Wednesday, Andy Knowles is back with another episode of the Pro Wrestling Rewind. So check that out. And, of course, Friday I'm back with another episode of Unplugged. God willing, Crelly and Sean will be joining me on the show. And we'll be doing the usual SmackDown coverage and video game talk. And, of course, don't forget the podcasts. Uh, new episodes of Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman. Uh, the Elite Force podcast with Walkie and Mindwipe. And, of course, Chuck W., and, of course, I think that uh, the new show that was formerly What Would Fans Do is going to be coming back soon. So hopefully I'll get no- a note from Nim on that here pretty quick. I haven't heard anything. So, But with that being said, we are getting the hell out of here. So, JSK, take us out, man. Say goodnight, Trey. Goodnight, Trey. Cool. With that being said, thank you very much for listening to the show. Thanks for everybody uh, that participates in the forum boards, and thanks for everybody participating in the chat room. Until next week, peace, 420, kiss my ass. Good night, white people. I'm out.
have time on this show three too and much half, three and a half hours too much time good night everybody we're getting the fuck out of here peace is not affiliated with the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, or any other professional wrestling and or entertainment companies and exclusive to the SNS Radio Network. Four hours.
hour almost. Three half hour. Go home. Play Modern Warfare 3. These are the leftovers that didn't go get Warfare 3. They're all like, fuck, we got anything else to do. The cocksuckers are all playing video games. We might as well just stay around and listen to these dickheads. Yeah, they're still on the air. Fuck it. Let's keep listening. <laughs> Good night, fuckers. We're out. <laughs>